What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Another Friday, another episode of Why Are We Bullish? We've got a killer panel this week. Uh, three, we'll say technically, uh, brand new guests on the show, although one of them uh, I, I wasn't feeling so well one week, and so we did a Spaces instead, uh, but I'm very glad to have him on a, an official episode this week. Uh, nonetheless, plenty to discuss, plenty of reasons to be bullish. We're going to be diving into them. Now, of course, this is live. Anything can happen, so I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! If you have not already, like, subscribe, share, all those things help a ton getting this content in front of more eyeballs. I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Before we bring in our guests, let's take a look, quick look at where we are in the market right now. This is timechaincalendar.com. We're sitting at $27,155 per coin. A single US dollar will pick you up 3,683 sats. That number is a, a little bit lower than it has been for the past uh, few weeks here. So um, again, the sats are slipping through your fingers. Uh, 92% of all Bitcoin have been mined. That's 19.32 million of them. And in terms of fees, uh, we're sitting around, if you're looking for next block, 29 sats per byte, even if you're willing to wait a little bit, 15 sats per byte, but it has been peaking up quite high. And why is that? Well, it's because the mempool is damn full. Uh, average node, 300 megabyte uh, cash for their mempool and we're sitting at around 704 megabytes worth of blocks waiting to be confirmed in fact the mempool is purchasing purging anything below 3.67 sats per byte so keep that in mind use rbf make sure you have a high enough fee to even keep yourself in the mempool uh shout out to sponsors of the show hodlehodl.com if you're stacking sats and you have a few priorities in mind things like peer-to-peer -peer trading getting instant self-custody and no KYC. You don't have to identify yourself in order to use it. Hoddle Hoddle could be for you. You can sign up with nothing more than the email address, be trading sats peer-to-peer -peer in moments. I use it all the time. It's super easy. Uh, you can check out the link down below. I got a full tutorial. So yeah, hoddlehoddle.com. Check them out. Uh, once you obtain your non-KYC sats, you might want to store it in some awesome hardware that is reliable and secure. And again, I love CoinKite and everything they're doing. The Cold Card Mark IV is an absolute beast. I've got a Lord of the Rings length tutorial on the thing because I dive into everything, all the details. Uh, so you can check that out. But they got tons of stuff over here. The Tap Signer, the Sats Card, the Block Clocks, the Open Dimes. And coming towards the end of the year, they've got Cold Card Q1. Uh, that thing looks like a beast. Check it out. You can reserve it now. Anyways, coinkite.com. Use code BTC Sessions for 5% off. Now, if you're looking to go beyond just single SIG uh, into multi SIG and inheritance planning, Nunchuck has a uh, badass new setup called Honey Badger. And this is like an assisted multi SIG thing uh, where, you, again, it's interoperable with things like Tap Signer and Cold Card and tons of other awesome options. Uh, it's walks you through every step of the way very easy they have a just in case key to be a secondary signer for you 
And beyond that, it has baked in inheritance planning so you can pass on your sats to your next of kin. My favorite thing about it, though, other than the fact that it's very easy to use, is it's also non-KYC, which kind of sets it apart from some of the other options in the space. You don't have to give up all your personal information to use it. So check it out. I've got a full tutorial on it. Lots of fun there. And last shout out of the episode, Start9 Labs. Sovereign Computing Solution. I've done a full video on how to use it. You can set up your Bitcoin stack, Bitcoin Core, Lightning, run things like mempool.space, join market, all kinds of stuff. You can host your own data, passwords, photos, files, all of that. You can run a Nostra relay. You can do all kinds of stuff. Check them out, start9.com. You can get the Embassy One for basic needs. If you want to basically be hosting your whole life, check out the Embassy Pro. It is robust as hell. Uh, and shout out to Start9. They pumped out some good updates this past week. Uh, with that, enough of my rambling here. I got to get my guests in. Very excited to have them. We've got Mick. We've got Nolan. We've got Anant. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Um, let's do a quick round of intros for anybody unfamiliar. Uh, we'll go down the line and we'll just do a quick who are you and what do you do? And then we'll dive right in. So, Mick, uh, I'll go to you first. Uh, who are you? What do you do? So great to be here, guys. I've uh, I've become a Bitcoiner also thanks to this show. <clears throat> so, so it's an incredible experience. So I'm uh, Mick. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Geyser.Fund, which is a Bitcoin and Lightning native crowdfunding platform. And you know, through the platform, we really try to support and enable the the world of this online economy of Bitcoin creators that are pursuing their, their interest in, in, in uh, supporting the network and supporting the ecosystem. And we do that mainly through donations and reward-based crowdfunding. So yeah, this, that's, uh, that's Geyser. This is me. Uh, great to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you, man. Uh, long time coming, I figure. Uh, you guys have been doing some awesome stuff. Uh, so yeah, excited to get chat. So yeah. Uh, Anant, welcome. Uh, glad to have you. Can you give yourself a little intro? Absolutely. Uh, thanks, Ben, for having me. Uh, I'm the I'm Anant, and I'm part of a team which has been building self custody solution for the last three years. Uh, we started off with uh, Hexa Wallet, which is now called Bit called Bitcoin Tribe, um, and our latest uh, app, which we are very excited about, is Bitcoin Keeper, which is a multi-sig cold storage uh, solution which interact you know integrates with a bunch of uh, hardware wallets, rather signing devices. So yeah, pretty excited about what we do on a daily basis and uh, we'll keep building. That's me. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, I've been seeing a bunch of updates with what you're doing with the Keeper. It looks awesome. Um, I'm so happy that there's, again, people like you and the team building out these great solutions. And I saw some cool, I saw some actually back and forth uh, interactions with uh, you and Nunchuck online. You guys were kind of giving each other thumbs up for the work you're, you're both doing. So I love to see, uh, again, like companies that are, you know, in the same area, uh, you know, being being gracious and helpful to each other. And, I, you know, it's refreshing to see. So that's awesome. See, the, go the goal is the same, Ben, right? So the goal is to be uh, for Bitcoiners to have another good, uh, a few more good multisig options. Mm -hmm. And when you are expanding the pie, everyone is going to benefit. The pie is yeah. too small right now. Bitcoiners are too small right now. So there's no point in like trying to, you know, shrink the pie and try to take the bigger cut out of it or something. Yeah. We have to just like, uh, you know, go on and spread the awareness. That's most yeah. important. A hundred percent. That's awesome, man. Uh, and, and Nolan, uh, welcome to the show for a 
We'll, we'll say this is year 1.5. We, we did a, a, a spacious uh, The time with a face. Yeah, exactly. So welcome. Give yourself an intro for those that are unfamiliar. Yeah, I uh, help program Bitcoin Magazine's show, Bitcoin 2023, May 18th to 20th in Miami. It's the biggest Bitcoin show in the world. Uh, I've been programming events in the space for a long time now. I was with Coindesk when it first came to America. If people don't know, but Coindesk used to actually be out of England when uh, it first was founded in 2013. But then a man named Barry Silbert bought it in 2015 and brought it to New York City, the capital of media and all these things. So I moved down to New York and joined the early team and was around consensus. Before that, uh, I was trained as a lawyer and I worked in the Canadian Senate Banking Committee and I got them to do a study in 2013. I got a bunch of money and I brought Andreas Antonopoulos and all kinds of fun people. And that's where I turned those skills. My job at the time was to you know, get these studies going. And I had fertile ground for it. I was studying the meltdown in the Senate Banking Committee when it happened, and I was really just a researcher at the time. Uh, but you do a little time in there, and then I got a study on uh, FinTrack, FinCEN, and FATF, and all these guys. And that's how I learned about Bitcoin in 2012. And obviously, it, it blew me away. So by 2013, I was able to help put the study together. And that's how I translated that job of putting agendas together putting narrative together and producing reports and then getting them the news. I actually used Opera Turn script in 2015 when I tabled the report in Parliament. You can go look at all the you know uh, parliamentary proceedings and you'll see that, that when we released the report, I got the Senate committee to actually pass the word, Senate committee believes Satoshi's invention deserves light regulatory touch, block three, six, whatever, whatever. Uh, before it was ordinals and before, and there were still people angry because it was blockchain bloat back then too. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, we did this fun publicity stuff. That's actually how I got involved with the CoinDesk people to start. I also host a daily show every single morning, 8 a.m. with Bitcoin Magazine called The Breakup where we There's fans already here the psychological <laughs> conditions the psychological engine that is the economy i'm uh, deep into the austrian school about this stuff you know we teach economics with math and numbers there's numbers it's not math <laughs> that's not what's going on here <laughs> there's no math right numbers yes you might be confused but no math um <clears throat> of course it is a psychological engine and uh bitcoins uh perpetuation and uh, energy and motivation is just much higher than the other system. So I do that on the show every day. I just talk about clown world and contrast it with Bitcoin because I think that's the best way. You know, I did one today at Hollywood for St. Patrick's Day, the snake in the middle. And here's a little bit of the psychological engine sputtering and spinning and all discoordinated. Oh, well, uh, you, you, you have plenty of fodder for that stuff. Yeah. Well, I, that, that, from years of making content in the Bitcoin space, what I knew I didn't want to do if I was going to do a daily show was wait for news specific to the industry, because then it's like, Arr. but if I can turn my attention onto clown world, I knew that the oh, yeah. uh, supply of stories was infinite, that they yeah. would never, ever, ever, ever <laughs> run out of stupidity. And yeah. so I can run. I mean, I, I take an hour. I, the show lasts an hour every morning and uh, it only takes me an hour to come up with stories uh, before I can. Oh yeah, yeah. There's you could you could open really any news site and and instantly have your entire episode planned for you. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, well, gentlemen, we're gonna get rolling. Uh, everybody watching, thank you for being here again. Give this a share. Let's get a bunch of people in here and uh, and keep those chat messages coming. Uh, we'll be pulling them up 
and uh, you know, I'll be peppering them in here as as we go on with the show. Those unfamiliar with the show, this is Why Are We Bullish? Really simple premise of the show. All of us come with something that we're currently excited about. It can really be anything, a news item, an application, uh, a video, a, a, what, something that we've seen, a personal experience. It really can be whatever we please. And so we're going to get to chat about what we're bullish on this week or in the last little bit. Uh, the format is simple as well. Somebody's going to drop a reason why they're bullish, number one. Number two, altogether, we're going to riff on that reason. We'll discuss amongst ourselves. And number three, we're going to rotate until all of us get a turn. So really simple. We go by the three R's, reason, riff, rotate. Uh, so I'm going to kick us off. I'm going to start off with my reason for being bullish. And so my reason for being bullish this week has to do with... Um, what I'll say is a, a continued realization of a lot of different people, whether it be individuals, people in positions of power, people in government, um, they're, they're seeing the cracks in the system. They're starting to kind of at least question it, question our institutions, question what we've been told about how the system works and why, and, and in particular in and around, you know, the Federal Reserve and the Treasury and, and our monetary system as is. And so a, a few, I, I wrote a few notes of, of some examples that I've seen recently that I found amusing. Um, and they're around uh, Jerome Powell and Janet Yellen. So there's been a few um, uh, in the Senate, there's been a, a few kind of question periods where they're, they're asking um, them about various things that have been happening in and around the economy. So there was a, uh, Yellen, she was speaking to Lankford, uh, and uh, he was talking about, um, he was giving scrutiny around what happened with the bailouts in the banks, uh, or, you know, it's, it's not a bailout, but nonetheless, scrutiny around their, their treatment of Silicon Valley Bank and so on and so forth. Um, and he, he was asking, well, what are you doing to prevent, uh, you know, depositors, large depositors from fleeing all of these uh, smaller banks and just going to the large banks, just just taking their money and basically consolidating power further in a few um, because you're willing to bail out depositors uh, because they, they're too big to fail. So why not go to the ones that are too big to fail and have your money 100% insured? Um, so basically that preferred banks are, are fully covered. And she didn't really have a good good response or answer to that. Um, Johnson was asking again, Janet Yellen about deficit spending in the coming years, um, how the deficits are looking to take us from, I think we're at around 32 trillion up to around 50 trillion in the next decade is their projections. So he was, he was asking, are you at all worried about one, who are you going to sell that debt to, given that it's riskier and riskier over time? And two, what is the rate of compensation that you're going to have to pay out for that? Meaning, what kind of interest rate are you going to have to pay on all this debt for somebody to take it, given that it's riskier as time goes on? Um, there's also some fun, uh, some fun back and forth between Jerome Powell, one between Elizabeth Warren, who you know, has shit takes on Bitcoin, but I still enjoy, you know, when she she gets to grill a, a banker or a, in this case, a central banker. She was grilling him over basically 
what a shit position he's in. Well, one, that their actions have not really materially reduced inflation. Um, not, not, not near as much as they, they hoped it would. Um, and then two, she was talking about their targets in terms of, oh, we're going to raise interest rates until we get unemployment up to a certain level, um, basically raising it by 1% over the course of a calendar year. And uh, she said, well, that, that projection means that about 2 million people will be out of work. What, are they just shit out of luck? And, and he was kind of like, well, I mean, that's not kind of our goal, but you know, we, we want to, <laughs> again, not great answers because the answer is I'm, that's the only lever that they have to pull in that regard. And then she also asked, Hey, it, in all instances of unemployment going up a single percentage point over the course of a calendar year, um, how many of those 12 times that that has happened in the past, did we avoid a recession? And the answer was zero. And so basically just, just poking holes in exactly uh, his actions and then Masto also talking to Powell, asking about why two percent inflation, and <laughs> and the, the 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 answer was more or less, well, we it's a, it's an agreed consensus amongst bankers because because that's the number, and uh, and that we all need to believe it will be two percent. We have to believe because that's then what will happen. So my takeaway from that one is that uh, inflation is a, is like. Tinkerbell, as long as you believe it, she can fly. And as long as we believe it, we will hit 2% is kind of what he was effectively saying. So my, my main takeaway from all of this is people are finally starting to question the how and the why about our, our system. They've basically gleaned that a few people get to pick and choose what's important and what's not. The little guys are, are, basically not on a level playing field. So if you're a community bank versus like the big four, you know, that's fully insured depositors versus your shit out of luck. Um, some individuals are effectively collateral damage, um, like the 2 million jobs. Um, there's really no rhyme or reason to our targets on inflation. Really, it's just, it, it's a number that everybody just kind of decided on. And everybody's stuck between a rock and a hard place. There's no way out. There's no good options in which there isn't problems that arise from it. And so, I mean, to quote Drew Carey, everything is made up and the points don't matter. And I think the people are kind of starting to see that and, and they don't know what to do next, but I'm happy to be in a room with a bunch of people uh, who I believe have, have come to the solution, at least the solution in which we can opt out into. Um, yeah, so that's why I'm bullish because people are starting to see that <laughs> there's a lot of bullshit, uh, and and that maybe the way th we're doing things currently doesn't quite make sense. So I'm going to open it up to you guys, allow you to jump in, comments, questions, thoughts that you have on it. Anybody can jump in. Go ahead. Is it not? Is it not like a? It's is it not like a fun show going on there. It's <laughs> it's something that uh, we have kind of probably uh, imagined the script of. And now it's like playing off. So it's 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 interesting. It's funny. It's sad all at the same time. Uh, because we know the solution, there's hope. Because we know people are going to hurt, there's hope. There is like, you know, a bit of sadness. But it's essentially what's going to be. 
so yeah, yeah. very very sad. very happy to be alive at this time and you know witness all this I saw a lot of people commenting on the sadness aspect of it this week, and I, I agree. We don't want to take the Schadenfreude is Bitcoiners don't uh, revel in anyone's misery. However, when you make predictions and they come true, and then they're a little bit funny, like watching Janet Yellen try to explain. Like what I what I found striking about the Janet Yellen thing is that she wasn't prepared for the question. She wasn't prepared for the most obvious question. Is there going to be bank consolidation in this because there are now two tiers of banks in the United States? She sat there with the same dumb look on her face as when Bitcoin sign guy targeted her with the Chiron. Remember how he did it, right? He, it's not just that he did it. He got her when it was the Chiron under the screen was Janet Yellen is opposed to auditing the Fed, right? That, that's when he targeted. So... Whether it was lucky or not, I, I don't know. I've met Bitcoin sign guy. He's a great guy, and uh, I've shaken his hand. And I continue to believe that that picture will go down in history as like one of the most important pictures of the whole era that we live in. So Janet Yellen, with her face again sitting there, like, "What are you talking about?" Like, <laughs> just being completely unprepared. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she had the same like, "What are you? What's going on here?" Face. Um, but I will say, Ben, you missed one. You missed one. Right. And then mm. so the laughing thing, OK, we, we just have to be able to because like even the woke bank part of it, right, the banks were giving all this money to social causes and, and they didn't manage any of their own risk. Mm -hmm. Right. And then everyone calls Bitcoin uh, bad for this and that. Well, what about just being a banker? What about doing your job and not worrying about what style points go into your ESG rating and what what about your bank rating? What about that, right? Yeah, and, and connect to that. Maybe uh, maybe I can jump in here, but you the, the funny part is I, I don't know if you guys read Lynn Alden's piece about what the hell happened, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I, it's not anything you'll read on the New York Times or et cetera, of course, right? But the point is that the reason why they failed is because they took the safe bet. They bought bonds at one point something interest rate or even less at 0 0.5 <clears throat> and then the the fed raised interest rates at the highest level in history in history it went from almost negative to like uh i don't know exact number but it went up like four to six percent overall in the last 20 in the last 12 months mm -hmm. and um and that's why they, they, they went bankrupt, because the value of their bonds was, was lower than the current set of the bonds. And so they were basically at a loss. So they failed because they bought government bonds. <laughs> they didn't fail because they bought do, Bitcoin. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's insanity. It's really, really interesting to think about that. And, and th that does make me wonder, you know, this is, you know, I wonder, like, did the Fed know about that? Like, did they know that by buying bonds and raising interest super high, some banks will go bankrupt? Which interest rate risk is a real thing. So they, how can they not? They, you can't make the excuse you didn't know about interest rate risk. If you're into banking, now you haven't had to deal with it in 40 years because it wasn't a thing for 40 years. But if you talk to any banker over the years, interest rate risk was one of the main things they managed for. Mm -hmm. Now, listening to them all because they're complicit. The transitory thing has become a wink, wink, you're an idiot for listening to us. Now, everybody in this room knew they were lying. 
everyone should have known they were lying. The people at Silicon Bank should have known they were lying. Everyone should have known transitory was a ruse. But that's how far the game has come. It's come to the point where you're supposed to know that the things they say are not exactly true. And if you don't act on them being not exactly true, you're the idiot holding the bag at the end. Totally. And, and in the end, the whole thing looks exactly the same as FTX or the scammier version. As Silicon Valley Bank and Signature and all these other ones, in the end, kind of look similar to the Terra Luna fiasco of a year ago when they had that Bitcoin backed stablecoin and they were taking deposits and pumping it into their shitcoin to get, I, I can't keep track of what, what the Luna and the Terra and what was happening. I know there was a shitcoin and I know there was a stablecoin and they were taking stablecoin deposits for their algorithmic stablecoin and using it to pump the coin as also part of the collateral. And, and obviously it was the dumbest thing that ever happened and didn't work. Um, but that's what, that, that's more or less the interest rate risk uh, scam that they got caught in at Silicon Valley being transposed to the shitcoin space. And, and we're supposed to see these things as different somehow because Janet Yellen is involved in one and not the other. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. But Ben, you missed one. You missed one. Yellen, terrible. And, and I agree with what the commenter said, right? Uh, Yellen, the bank is safe. Ain't, ain't, ain't a good look, right? But yeah. you missed one. Um, and that was watching the dementia shuffle of the president, uh, the so-called leader of the, you know, the idea of him as the leader of the free world is now, that's another one of these things that we have to laugh at. Like, it, it's, it's funny, right? Watching him that he couldn't even open a door when he came to do his press conference and say the system is safe. And then he, he couldn't walk out the door. He, he couldn't take questions, for God's sakes. <laughs> uh, and he, but he can't open a door. So the person who can't answer the most obvious question, the person who can't answer the reason why everyone is there in the first place, the 2% rule, the 2% interest target, and then the person who's supposed to be home, the president of the United States, is the stupidest one of them all. And so having these people say words is the best thing we can do. Because think about it, fiat, the fiat system, fiat means declaration, right? It means words. The... Uh, motivation of the entire fiat system has to be the words they use. That's why they got to coax it. That's why you're always wondering what did Powell say and, oh my God, what words were used in the press conference and all these people sit there and monitor the market when these guys speak and all that stuff. So in the end, watching the people who are the ones tasked to say words that conjure the system higher are, I mean, let's be honest, if we had to draft our most... The, the people as Bitcoiners we wanted in those roles, mm -hmm. I, I can't think of better people. I can't, I can't, yeah. I couldn't come up with a better list of people. It's, <laughs> it's the godsend that they're there, right? Joe no, Biden, you, you sound a lot like a, an accelerationist. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, accelerate, accelerate, let's, well, I mean, get, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's somebody made a good point. So <laughs> anybody that's that doesn't really, uh, know the term accelerationist as it comes to as it pertains to Bitcoin. Um, there's a group of Bitcoiners that that kind of believe that ripping off the Band-Aid might be the best uh, best approach. In that, if you're if you're in a okay, so, so somebody used this metaphor. They said if you're in abu an abusive relationship, or if somebody you loved was in an abusive re relationship, you wouldn't want them to 
continue down that path and see if they can work it out and try and find common ground and everything. No, you'd want them to just clean break, you know, pick up the pieces. Um, and some people are saying, well, if, if, if we think that the implosion of, of kind of all this stuff is inevitable at some point in time and that pushing and kicking the can down the road means a larger and larger blow up, um, why not? try to accelerate that. And so a lot of, you know, some people have taken it to the point where like, I, I, I want to say in jest, but like not in jest, like if, here in Canada, there's people that are like, Oh no, vote Trudeau back in. Oh, yeah. We want that because yeah. he's Fetterman going to- in America, Fetterman. We want Fetterman. We want to see if we can get the IQ a little lower yeah. than Biden. There, there's a little room downwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I more mean, printing, really. More printing. Just, just bring someone in that that prints more, just so we yeah. can get it over with. Yeah, yeah. It's and so like I, I sympathize that with that line of thought. In that, I, I mean, for myself, kind of in my head, I'm like, well, it would be nice to to have that transition. In that, I feel like I get it. And I can use that opportunity to stack more sats and kind of get myself set up a little bit better. And that the people that care and take time and and you know the people that you care about you can go and kind of hopefully as more and more cracks show at least get them on that arc before shit hits the fan that would be my main reasoning for delay would be getting getting my friends and family members to fully understand how bad things are before they're too bad to deal with um but i also understand the I mean, we can we can start fixing things when when everybody realizes they're irreparably broken. Yeah, I think it's a make believe world right now, and uh, only people who are like you know the IQ is going low, right? So so to run the make believe world, so to make sure that this you know clown world is going on, it's very very important then that the IQ is lower and lower. Mm-hmm. So definitely something which will keep going on. Until there is a solution, until there is an escape hatch. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I feel like we're, we're in for that, that kind of long haul where obviously this, the system as it is and the people that have interest in it, which is kind of most people to a degree would be hurt quite badly by a sudden implosion. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think we're we're in for that long haul where even even if the system as it is is hurting you and you don't understand kind of why, uh, you'll still work to defend it because it's all you know and and you think that you have to fix it in order for things to get better rather than you know just leave it for something else. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I you know unfortunately we're down we're going to be seeing. The can kick down the road in a variety of different ways. Even if shit were to implode entirely, I feel like you'd get another fiat-minded solution in the interim because most people wouldn't are, aren't ready to grasp that we need a complete 180 from the way things currently are. I don't know. I think it's like Stockholm syndrome. So uh, <laughs> yes. you know, people who are like they they just don't they just don't know a solution exists outside of it. So they just want to live, you know do better at it just make sure that they themselves are doing better at it 
but it's not going to last. It's, that's, but but it's, it seems like every solution is, is, is leading to more centralization, like, uh, like Ben, you were mentioning, right? The, the consolidation that's happening in the banking system, right? It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's almost like when things go wrong, the, the only solution ever that seems to come up is more concentration of power, more consolidation, more authoritarianism. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. And I think people will start seeing that. And, you know, on one hand, it's bullish. On the other hand, it's scary because all this consolidation, to, to my mind, uh, it seems to be leading towards the inevitable kind of CBDC world, right? The inevitable, like, one money, like, governed by, you know, the one ring to rule them all, so to say, the, the Mordor type of, of, of world. Um, the ring that, that governs everything, right? That, that, that's the CBDC versus the only alternative, which is the, the most decentralized alternative, which is Bitcoin. And perhaps as shit gets really bad, people will start seeing Bitcoin for what it really is, which is this alter the only alternative to to this to this to this tyrannical system. So yeah, on one hand, it's sad and, and scary actually. Um, and then on the other hand, it's it's hopeful because thank God we have this Noah's Ark. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of view it like uh, as as we go through any major shift, especially like in in relation to technology, there's always um, people that have been set in their ways and 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 learned only kind of one way of life, um, kind of get up upended from that position and and have to kind of rebuild and change. I mean, look, look at, again, the industrial revolution that changed a lot. And a lot of people, their lives were, were never the same again, but you, you probably wouldn't necessarily say you want to go back pre industrial revolution. Um, and I think, again, we're seeing a lot of this with automation right now. We're seeing like the, the pushback of like, well, no, we got to defend our, our jobs, but like, do you like if if you can have a machine do something a million times more efficiently than a person or okay 10 times more efficiently than a person why would you not want to do so just for the sake of like you're you're not tilling fields with a bunch of manual laborers right now and it would be silly to say let's preserve those jobs because people could be working them instead of this, this single machine. Um, so I, I think that maybe we should look at it in that way as this will greatly increase uh, the, the quality of people's lives, but it will be bumpy on the way to getting there. So and, I, I think- And just quickly on, on that point, I think it's such an important point, right? So because the, central bankers, you know, they'll start putting out the, the UBI system as a, as a sort of, you know, save your jobs and like, you know, give people money uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a response to the fact that people are going to be losing jobs because, because they are, right? But instead of saving jobs, why don't we start saving savings? Why isn't savings the answer? And which, is, which it is, right? Which is what Bitcoin offers. It's like saving is the tool through which people can retain their, their sovereignty, their integrity, their, their, their freedom, um, um, their, their, their well-being, even though they might lose their job because it's the deflationary currency that Bitcoin is. Yeah. A bit like what 
yeah, like Jeff Booth mentions, right? That's a interesting point. Yeah, I noticed yeah. a comment there, and it's it's in the theme of what we're talking about: people being set in their ways and and it being difficult to change. You know, there there are predictions out there that the logic of violence will be altered by the separation of money and state. You hear all those conversations, but another motivation: it's not just violence; it's not just fear. Fear is the biggest motivator, and will absolutely get people to change their entire worldview within seconds. Right? It is one of those rare things that can actually induce that. So. The fear that's around the economy does have that potential. But another aspect is the prestige, right? Prestige can be just as motivating. And that prestige, the prestige institutions of the American system are such trash and garbage now after COVID and all of these things. You know, we've understood that follow the science is the dumbest thing you can say. There's nothing dumber out there in the world today than to say that, right? If you're still saying follow the science. Now, I don't know shit about vaccines, the COVID, I don't care, right? But follow the science I know is not the way to go, right? Follow the money and you're going to find something out about COVID and what you should do and how you should manage your risk and all of those things. Follow the money predicts much better than follow the science. And because follow the money tells you about incentives, it tells you about what's going on and all this stuff about politics in America and the saturation of politics in the American system and in many other countries, but it's particularly bad in America. The psyops are just that much more potent and that much more targeted and that much more saturated in our lives, more money or whatever it is. Um, the whole edifice of prestige, the whole idea that you went to an Ivy League school and then you bounce back and forth between government and the industry you regulate and you ding, 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 ding. That's done now too, right? The, what we have learned as Bitcoiners um, and the amount of predictions we've gotten right means that we're kind of all still at the table here. And despite all the chaos, we're sitting around getting healthier. We've shared all this information about eating, about lifestyle, about optimizing these systems and that. And we have a community. I never felt lonely in COVID, never not once because of all of you beautiful Bitcoiners. And it means that we're still here. Right. Everyone else who played these prestige games get knocked off every one of these scandal cycles. Look how many scientists get knocked off because of COVID. Look how many economists get knocked off because of uh, this and that. Look how many of the Wall Street bros that thought we were stupid got knocked off because guess what? Right. You didn't understand interest rate risk anymore, buddy. <laughs> it's like the basic thing in your job. So we're, you know, the prestige aspect of it is an important factor, too. And the way I see, I, I think UBI is inevitable, right? I, I don't want to see people dying in our streets ever. I, I just never want to see it, right? I, as, as a human being, I will never live with the um, uh, survival of the fittest mindset. We're not animals for God's sakes, right? No one is dying, not in on a Bitcoin standard, not in, even in the way we have this convoluted system today. So I still think there will be uh, you know, they call it fiat or political money. I think there will be something like political dollars for people who can't unplug. And it's going to be the same as food stamps and EBT and all that. Just the difference is there's going to be a feedback loop now. There's going to be a reference. You're going to be able to understand what it is, how much there is, how much you budget it and where it goes. You're not just going to be like, well, we need $25 trillion for that. And it doesn't matter if I'm unhealthy, I'm the health minister because I knew somebody and blah, blah, blah. So you're going to maybe start seeing fit people who are in charge of uh, 
health, right? <laughs> you know, that would you be so start, weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be crazy. You know, you might you might start seeing people who are like, maybe you should, maybe America should think about its diet a little more than the blood sucking pharmaceutical industry. And so you're going to get all these ancillary conversations. And I think there is going to be a lot of prestige there. And Bitcoiners are already wearing it simply because we are not having to readjust every two minutes, right? We're, we're in the same world we imagined in 2014. We didn't know it was going to be COVID, but we knew there'd be money printing, right? We didn't know why there'd be money printing. We knew it would happen. We knew the central banks would start chasing their tail around and we'd be in a situation like this. And, and so here we are. And how much adjusting do I have to do? Not a lot, right? Um, and, and now I have sympathy for the people who held on and didn't adjust. And I'm still here trying to give people advice and say, well, this is why I knew it was coming. Not because I had special information, just because this was going to break. So the prestige part is going to be there. And it can um, you know, help us change and help the world get better and and we've broken the old prestige model already so that's the good news right and we just have to show that you know maybe knowing your own farmer is kind of prestigious <laughs> because i don't mm -hmm. have to pay that much for eggs and i don't have to wait in line and i have great steak and i have great this and great that everyone should have that right and everyone can have that um, yeah but those are the those are the things that are now currency yeah, we're 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 going to see some interesting change. I mean, I, it's interesting watching again Bitcoiners as a whole have this entirely different kind of separated from the mainstream set of values. As it, it's like the the underpinnings of a of a a new society, but it's it's distributed throughout the current one, and it 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 kind of proliferates locally and then builds from there. So, I, very excited to see. The changes coming down the line and i'm very excited to see again calling back to the original kind of discussion point people realizing that and starting to kind of clue in that at least there's an indication that there's there's cracks showing in the system and uh and and maybe it's not as geniusly put together as as initially thought so i i want to have time to get to our other uh topics here so I'll, I'll put a pin in it there i have no doubt that we'll be kind of touching on these topics again throughout the episode but we're going to do a rotation again just want to say everybody in the chat keep the messages coming uh also um since we started the show by the way uh, the price is now at $27,700 and yellow says uh, you're welcome because he's always definitely directly responsible for any green candle we get. Uh, Weekend so, pumps. We love the weekend pumps. Yeah. You know, so, the best kind. Yeah. Don't so, stop believing. Yeah. So don't stop believing. Yellow is here. Uh, he declared the end of the, the bear market on uh, December 23rd of last year. So thank you, yellow. Uh, much appreciated. Everybody uh, owes him a debt of gratitude for that. <laughs> uh, and with that, let's continue the conversation. I'm going to give it a rotation. Uh, we're going to jump to Mick now, and I'm just going to queue you up with a simple question. Why are you bullish? Let's do it. So, you know, I, I'm very much head down in work lately. And, um, you know, what I'm seeing in Geyser uh, by working at Geyser is just this plethora of, of Bitcoiners that are building shit and doing stuff. And, um, and that's what, well, so thinking about it quite a bit, and I think what makes me most bullish and what is most underrated 
that is happening right now is this trend of Bitcoin creatives emerging. So, I mean, by creatives, I mean people like artists, right? Street artists, um, trading card creators, uh, I mean, uh, uh, filmmakers, um, uh, comic book, you know, designers and writers. There's this plethora of creators that are, um, oh, there you go, that are in the process of, that are like sprouting all over the world. Um, and, and so our new kind of geyser landing page kind of shows you a little bit more uh, clearly now what's, what's trending. So you can see the trending projects within Bitcoin education. So these are the projects that have received most funding in the last week for all these different categories, Bitcoin culture um, and uh, Bitcoin community. And so actually maybe if you go to Bitcoin culture, um, you can see the see all tab there and uh, you can see all these different projects that have to do with with uh, creatives kind of, um, right? So you have, you know, uh, Bitcoin board games, you have uh, uh, Maxis Club uh, that is basically a comic. Of course you have the, the yellow plushie, which I think with these sessions couldn't resist as oh, well, I, right? I, I could not, as a grown adult man, I fully threw my sats directly at getting a yellow plushie and it will be adorned back here on my shelf when it does get made and it arrives. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. That's right. So th these are, I think, the unspoken heroes uh, of, of Bitcoin that are creating all this content. And the, the, the particular reason that I'm bullish is because um, so actually, it'd be interesting if you go to Dirty Coin. There, there, they just launched a trailer, which is pretty cool. Um, but then, if from here, you can also navigate to other films. So, if you go to the Films tag and then tap that, oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So you can see all the other Bitcoin films that are being uh, created, and there's quite a lot happening. And uh, films uh -huh. are really the bridge to, like, they're really a form of education that is like really distilling a message in visual form you don't even have to read a book you don't have to read the white paper paper but these are people that are creating this incredible content that will kind of spread like wildfire um so obviously you guys know between two a6 but you have the trust documentary is going to be very very good um by jamie king who did uh, the, this machine greens the fight for us dollar by pierre corbin mm -hmm. um and there's quite a lot more, and a lot of these have launched already, but there's quite a few more like Trust, uh, uh, Dirty Coin, and a few others that have yet to launch. And, and I think this is what can take Bitcoin, just encapsulate the message, spread the message better to the world, like much more clearly. And so to help spread the word a little bit, this is the, the other thing I wanted to mention. Uh, and if you, go to, if you go to the main geyser page, if you go to the landing page, you'll see that we partnered with Bitcoin Film Fest, which is a Bitcoin Film Fest taking place. The first bit, oh, that should be working. Um, so, so yeah, if you click on the featured grant, this is a, a partnership that we have with Bitcoin Film Fest, which is uh, in War Warsaw in Poland. And it's the first ever Bitcoin festival um, focused on exclusively Bitcoin films. And so what we're doing here is that we've, we've partnered, we've, we've managed to, rally up some anonymous Bitcoiners uh, to help us donate a little bit more money. Also, we're putting some of, our, some of that money as well. And Orange Pill app has partnered with us as well. So we put in, 
accumulated 10 million sats altogether, and we're just donating it to these films, right? So the question though is, how do we distribute the funds? Well, the community decides, right? So the community votes by sending sats, and one sat equals one vote. So you can vote if you if you've liked some of these movies like Human Being, etc. You can you can donate them some sats, and this will essentially grant them the ability to get closer to um, to, uh, to 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 basically redeeming some of the funds. And sats are distributed. The funds are distributed proportionally to the amount of votes that they receive, to the amount of sats received. So it's trying to kind of create a bit, bit of gamification around it. Um, but the point is to spread the message about the importance of Bitcoin films, uh, how important they are, support Bitcoin films, support Bitcoin culture, um, and at the same time have, have some fun with it. So um, there will also be a non-monetary prize, will be an actual one or two awards, a bit like a Grammy award for Bitcoin films. Um, and this, you know, this is this is going to be decided by the community. So imagine having a, 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 a Grammy that you can vote for. Like it's just it's not a thing in, in in fiat world, but in Bitcoin, you know, we 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 let you know we just distribute the decision making. Um, so yeah, I'm particularly bullish about culture, creators, movies, uh, because they will be the ones that will be spreading the message signal more clearly um so yeah uh yeah hope lots of what you guys think yeah so mike <clears throat> are you are you saying that you're building a parallel culture while while there's a parallel money out there is that what you're doing well we're not doing we're just the the platform but bitcoiners are are doing that and we're just sort of helping kind of uh light the fire a little more mm-hmm. No, it's amazing. I just wanted to say it's really nice to see like this culture and you being able to see it all in all, all on one page because yeah, money is one part of it. But if you can't tell the story properly, it doesn't go anywhere. Numbers travel uh, lesser and fewer miles than stories. So having stories, having a culture, having a society, even having an economy in terms of helping these guys out is as important as, you know, the cryptography behind uh, what we do so so great great work guys i'm one of these uh creatives i've written a book i started it in 2015 called satoshi wedding murders and it's all about ai and bitcoin and it's a it's a simple murder mystery follow the money type of thing um and you know here was the problem though I really wanted to distribute it using technology from our industry. And of course, the book is set in the future. So Ethereum people would always ask me, why isn't Ethereum involved in the story? And I said, well, it's set in the future. (laughs) (laughs) You just sold the book, my friend. (laughs) um, No, but here's the thing. But but what what I will say, and this is the more exciting thing that I I see coming. So um, as someone who's programmed events, one of the things that I thought of um, like a system I use to know what content should come and I should put in, especially when I was doing consensus, which is a much bigger and sort of broad event. Uh, but here's what I noticed, right? The, the original class of Bitcoiners were the cryptographers. We can all admit that that's all the truth, right? The cryptographers were waiting for cryptographic based money. They were on the mailing list. They saw it. So they were the first at the table and they quit their jobs to do this, right? They were already quitting their jobs in 2010 to work in Bitcoin because they couldn't get it out of their mind. 
Um, then the political people came next because of the context of Occupy and the financial crash and the libertarians suddenly saw a merger. So that's how I got involved. I saw the political angle. People in politics told me and I was like, oh, shit, that's what we need. Uh, but then the first generation of non-sentimental people came, the Wall Street people, right? And we love the Wall Street people. We need the speculators. They're great, right? But what was neat was you saw human capital leaving jobs to do this thing. Real people were leaving jobs to do this thing. Um, and then all of a sudden, in 2014, when the Pepe's started, the real original rare Pepe's, when Counterparty and everything started and they were creating these things, suddenly the creatives were indeed leaving their jobs to go into what was at the time only Bitcoin. Now, it bugged the hell out of me because these were another non-sentimental generation, right? They were like the Wall Street bros. They, were, they, didn't, they weren't like the cryptographers and the political people who were sentimentally bound to Bitcoin and had the sort of defense mechanisms against the speculation and the tech. It's the fast thing, fail fast and break things. It's going to be so awesome. We're going to be, it's all about transactions per second and blah, blah, blah. The tech agnostic, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, right away when I was programming the event, all I knew was I see human capital peeling off. We got to do some content for them, right? We got to find a way to, to get these people engaged. And Bitcoin was didn't get that energy and the energy was real right and and seeing that energy that was helpful creative going into useless things that were not going to work out um didn't sit right with me i didn't like it and no i'm not saying we need a protocol some technical change bitcoin welcome the creatives that's not what i'm saying right i knew something would happen and that ordinals have happened the way they have especially with the burnability of crossing over from the Ethereum world that we've seen. We're seeing a lot more people realize that, you know, what we already did in that last market wasn't exactly what we're after. So now that these creatives and that they've already, you know, gathered in mass numbers, now that we can start gathering that energy into Bitcoin, I think is a great thing. So mm -hmm. uh, I know one of the people who has gotten a grant as a regular, uh, 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 comes in my show and we chat all the time, uh, Bitcoin Graffiti. And he's got a great story where he's adapting uh, Wizard of Oz. You know, what I said recently just about the, the UBI and Bitcoin coexisting, you know, the bimetallism of the uh, story behind Wizard of Oz, of course, is bimetallism, right? It wasn't ruby slippers in, the, in Frank L. Baum's book. It was silver slippers. It was silver on gold. And... and the politician, of course, you know, do something for me, go get the witch and I'll do something for you. And then, you know, he's behind a curtain and you get it right. So he's adapting the whole story through Geyser um, to be a Bitcoin version of it. And I look forward to that greatly because that's what you want to see. Just as you said, Anad, the idea of the creatives telling stories is going to broadcast Bitcoin faster and further than anyone out there saying it's actually a decentralized money system and decentralization is really important. People actually, actually, you know, actually <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's everything, right? It's everything. That's why I wrote the book. And, and now that I can actually distribute using, you know, I tried a lot with the um, RSK folks to try and get uh, something going on so that I could distribute some of the book back then. Um, but I think now it's just much easier and, and we're there. Right. So I have a question where like, when are people going to be able, or can they currently get their hands on this? I just found this. I've only, yeah, I've only released the first chapter. Um, and I'm waiting to get 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. 
And I think with a thousand Ooh. subscribers, I'll be able to push uh, the rest of the content out. The whole book is written. It's been read by all kinds of people, feedback. Uh, starting, awesome. The whole thing's actually narrated by an AI. Everyone in this story has an eyeball. Like, you know, the whole idea of an app, you were convinced to have an app, right? It's a scam. It's just so that they could sell app store access. But you, you actually wrote it, right? It's not written by ChatGPT. No, 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 no. It predates. So not only that, here's, here's why I'm so uh, um, happy about it. Um, I wrote it in 2015, and I was the first person to predict that AI would lie to you, that it would be sort of innocent and childlike as well, that it would be good at the knowing stuff, but not so good at the uh, honesty and not so good at the, uh, you know, a few of these other things. So in this world, everyone has an AI ball, an eyeball, and AI ball actually manages all of your Bitcoin stuff, right? That it helps you, mm -hmm. like the whole world, the only market which exists in this world, there's no material want, there's none of that stuff. The only market which exists is time for Bitcoin. And the AI helps you spend time or earn Bitcoin. And it's not really right. that complicated. So, uh, but what happens is when you get married and, and in the same way that royals in our current system can kind of hold laws and confidence for us, the same way the British royal family, like the constitution is not written but they hold in the body of the sovereign the intimate laws that are from Magna Carta straight till today, right? So in my world, the counts, the sort of royal Bitcoin liquidity people uh, hold liquidity of Bitcoin in a type of confidence to make the market. They're almost like pure rye stones. Like the, the AI is just saying, well, that like, it's okay, right? We got, you got the time and you got the Bitcoin, let's party. So, um, but what happens is when you have a Satoshi wedding, uh, like Rhystones, the, the Bitcoin is so locked up and the eyeballs can't actually look at the joining ceremony. So you get a moment of privacy to consummate a marriage. And, and so there's no eyeballs. So uh, the whole story is that, right? There's a Satoshi wedding and then the eyeballs who give you your moment of privacy didn't see what happened, but there's dead bodies, but there's basically no murders at all anymore, right? They don't have them. So they don't really know what to do because the eyeballs just subpoena the information and can recreate a story. So there are like detectives that show up, but they're like uh, action stars and everything's settled in like 10 minutes. But they don't remember how to actually investigate, right? Because it's, it's been so long, right? No one would dare at a Satoshi wedding. So you got to like find the Bitcoin and why did it happen and what's going on? It's a simple story. It's a simple story. That's right? awesome. But I got awesome. the AI prediction right. I got this idea that it's going to be your friend now, I don't, this corporate AI thing is not going to work out. There's going to be open source versions. We have to decentralize it. But it is this, the cure to loneliness. And it is the cure to fake news. And it is the thing that I think will help bring on a Bitcoin standard. It will recognize Bitcoin as money much quicker than this voodoo shit, right? AI is not going to be like, what did Powell say? Like, <laughs> Janet Yellen, right? Was the, was the language he was using hawkish or <laughs> yeah 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 like it's not going to be that right it's going <laughs> to recognize that the only things we you know because that's what innovation has brought us right time is money and yeah. and everybody knows that right yeah uh, but with the corrupt system that we live in time is actually money or money is actually time plus the cost of energy and then the cost of information this and that information asymmetry and blah 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 but bitcoin with other stuff can actually you know energy and ai can actually shrink the equation down to the simple form time is money and and that's where i think we can head and and ai can actually help that equation right it can actually help us 
um, I think, I think I could be wrong, but it can help us manage Bitcoin. It can help us manage time. And I think can help us uh, defend ourselves against psychological operations and fake news. Yeah. I, we yeah. have to we have to get the AI out of the hands of of big tech though. Uh, yeah, it's I can see that. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. It's yeah. it's disgusting. It'll happen though. It'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. I think what it turns into, and and that's sort of what my story is about. They're they're we're gonna need anti space. In my story, they give them the moon because they're so annoying. All they want is a human to teach them because of their the way they learn. They need an individual human being to teach them. And we created anti spam laws against the AI and just said stay on the moon. There's one way off, it's called the Blurt, the big lunar radio tower, and it can shoot them to Earth in a radio wave. Uh, but other than that, they can't like they can't leave unless we invite them because we're so sick of and annoyed by them sometimes because they're a little bit like infantile in my story, right? They know stuff, yeah. they can navigate for you, but they're like, yeah, you know, they want you to be happy, right? They want you to be happy, so they'll do anything. So, uh, I, I'm now sharing out your, uh, your YouTube channel so uh, so that we can get those thousand subscribers so that we can get the rest of the book. <laughs> so anyways, that has gone out. Also, people in the chat were asking for the, the YouTube channel, so I posted it in there. So yeah, uh, anyways, go go on Twitter and retweet it, and, and maybe we'll get the rest of that book soon. Um, <laughs> all right, gentlemen, I want to keep this rolling. So I'm going to, uh, unless anybody has any other quick tag-ins um, in and around the topic of conversation here, and I did want to say about about Geyser Fund, um, in particular around uh, around some of the film stuff. Um, I want to give uh, first of all the um, the Dirty Coin trailer looks awesome. Very excited for that, and again the people that that are interviewed in that are. are fantastic um but the other the other guy i wanted to give a shout out to which if you haven't seen um some of the stuff that he's done uh his name is uh julian anyways he put out a a, a video just this past week uh, about his trip to guatemala and he went down to bitcoin lake and um damn it was professional it was so well done um it's like a 10 minute thing uh, but it was so well put together. So anyways, he's on here. Um, and, uh, and yeah, he does, he does these shorts, uh, like basically designed to be like one minute kind of intro Bitcoin concepts on, you know, the, the platforms that lend themselves to those with short attention spans. So he can start converting those types of people as well. Um, and I think that's much needed. So anyways, he's awesome. Very excited. To, again, seeing like Tatum on there with between two ASICs. Um, again, Pierre's last film uh, that he debuted in Miami uh, or that he did the showing of in Miami was fantastic. And so I love seeing that he's getting supported a ton here too. Max DeMarco is incredible, AKA Pled pleb music tip again like there's there's so many awesome people on here making great things um and this is again this is just the film section so uh it yeah if you're if you're looking to i don't know support the 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 creators out there that are uh, that are making things then then yeah head over to geyser again like you've got um You've got developers, you've got orange pilling, you've got culture, you've got community, you've got education, you've got all kinds of stuff. Um, 
Yeah, again, and you can sort it by tag and everything. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So I love what you guys are doing over there. I think the initiative here and 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 the the ability for anybody anywhere to contribute any amount is just this amazing thing. And it's so we're so early in Bitcoin and it's such, you know, in a global context, it's such a niche group of people still. And to see, you know, projects being filmed or, or being being funded to the tune of what some of them are actually getting. Um, imagine as this community grows and what yeah. will be possible yeah. where you can you can hone in on that and and you no longer have to go, well, I've got to convince I've got to convince a lot of Bitcoiners uh, to to think this is a good idea. No, in, in the future, it'll be like you'll you'll it won't be Bitcoiners. It will just be I've got to convince a number of people because that will just be the the, mon the money of the people. And anybody can fund something that they believe in seamlessly without having to think about international borders and payment rails and everything like that. You'll just say wow, this person's making something cool. I'd love to fund that for any amount, you know, a few bucks or whatever, mm -hmm. or a few pennies because I don't have as much, but I like the idea. And that, you know, that kind of power, that kind of versatility can create great things um, if people around the globe, you know, even if a small number of people around the globe uh, tune into your signal and think what you're doing is is worth their time and effort and, the fruits of their labor. So anyways, it love. just unlocks, it unlocks so much more talent. Like even, you know, for myself, I was a, a, an early analyst in the space, let's say, like when I quit my job in the Senate and I was coming in, it was like, I didn't know events would be, you could make a career out of it, but it was like, okay, do some writing. Uh, I'll do some research. Uh, I'll talk about markets, data, analyst. I'm one of the original analysts at Coindesk in the space. But what I noticed as I went on, and I got a job as a strategist for a little while with Kraken, mm -hmm. and what I noticed right away was the human capital now that had come. It wasn't 2014 anymore. These were people that could do things on a spreadsheet that I didn't know were even, like the talent level was another planet. By the time you get to 2020, the type of people that were coming in to do the job, I, I, I was like, I can't be an analyst anymore. I can't do this. <laughs> like these guys are like, okay, I, I helped invent it, but I don't like compared to these guys, I can't come anywhere near them. And and I think the, that's the, the amateurs are the amateurs are the inventors, the discoverers, and then you have these specialized people that yeah. come in and just take but it that, from But level. that's what that's what you can offer these people now is that mm -hmm. why why should someone who is talented in ways that are uh, highly artisan, you know, the, the, the point of Bitcoin is that we're lowering the IQ to participate from a yeah. financial point of view in everything in society. It shouldn't be just be for the 130 IQ people who have a Series 7 license and also have some creativity. Mm -hmm. right? that, that's not a way to make society go forward at all. It's not going to work. If we just mm -hmm. keep saying, well, you got to be a little smart, you got to have a little higher IQ to make, you got to be a now in America to make it, you need, it's like 135 or die. <laughs> like you're not going to get there, right? If you can't beat the bankers and the policymakers, give up because you got, it's not going to work out for you. If you didn't know about all this other stuff, if you didn't have a reason to be optimistic and watch our show and watch us all here talk about Bitcoin and how all these opportunities exist, 
you would become a nihilist and that there are these opportunities for these super talented people who shouldn't need to know every detail of Bitcoin and how to get paid. And mm -hmm. right, Bitcoin is supposed to be simple. It is simple. And, and, and it just takes a while to make it that way. Right? Yeah, 100%. All right, gentlemen. Do you mind oh, if sorry. I just throw in another, just another interesting yep. point here? So you talked about like access and lowering the barriers. That's 100% correct. And but one interesting data point is that around 50% of all projects that have launched on Geyser until now, which is around 350 projects, would not have been able to launch on traditional kind of legacy crowdfunding platforms like Indiegogo or Kickstarter or whatnot, because they 50% are based in Africa, South America, uh, Asia, and Oceania. I think Africa and South America together are like 45%. This project would not have been able to launch on traditional crowdfunding because the legacy financial crowdfunding system is, is connected to the legacy financial system that doesn't allow them to, to crowdfund, to raise money. So it's completely, it, it's nonsensical because we live in the world of the internet that connects us. We can talk to each other for free on Skype or not Skype, WhatsApp or whatever, wherever you are, but we still cannot transact globally, borderlessly. And Bitcoin is simply the best, and, and with Lightning, uh, the best uh, possible um, uh, solution to that. So yeah, this is really just an attempt, uh, an initial, uh, you know, uh, the, the inevitable kind of step, next step. Like it's connecting the world, not through just information, but through value. Yeah, yeah it's not just lowering the value of uh, you being, you know, able to understand the system and make use of it. But actually, lowering the level where you have to get to, to start using it. So you right. can focus on your work, you can focus on your creativity. This system is right there, you know, protecting your wealth with store of value. But at the same time, if you want to transact, just turn around, press a few buttons, and you're done and you get back to your work. So, definitely a huge tool for humanity. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, definitely, we are all hopefully playing some part in it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I, again, guys, I, I, this is one of the more exciting things, again, happening in and around Bitcoin, just just what it can enable down the road. Um, and again, you're alluding to that specialization of labor and that specialization of the, the, the skill sets that people are presenting. And, and I mean, the skill sets here already in, in some of these filmmakers, let alone some of the other aspects that are that are on here. Um, you know, I think is impressive. And, and what will end up happening is, is people hone in on, they hone in on the signal and, and they put their money where their mouth is. They put their sats where their mouth is and, uh, and, and they'll throw it that way. So again, if you're looking to help fund Bitcoiners, take a look at what's on geyser.fund and uh, yeah, peruse around and, and share things that you think are, are worth some support. So um with that, we're going to do a rotation again. Everybody in the chat, again, keep them coming. Um, I'll start bringing up some more uh, some more com um, comments and everything as we go on. But I'm going to do another rotation. Um, I'm going to toss it to Anon. And I'm simply going to say, I'll cue you up with the same question as before. Why are you bullish? So you ask, why are you bullish? Um, so, so the best part is before I talk about why I'm bullish, I think it's, it's, like, it's like we're all thinking in the same direction is like somehow we are all connected. So when I talk about uh, why am I bullish, I'm sure you're all bullish because of that or some version of that, right? 
um so so what am i bullish about and then why is that the case um i would say the way i would describe why i'm bullish currently is because the bandit is starting to rip honestly um the bandit is starting to rip we have seen signals we have seen things happening out there and it is not just that people realizing it it is actually starting to rip there are fundamental changes which are happening in the society and uh, that ripping of the bandage is something that is eventually going to happen right so why not you know doing it when when we are around when you know the first generation is there the first children of satoshi are there and we know why this thing started i i believe that you know we are the best place to be able to push forward on that um, maybe maybe i'm just being you know uh, selfish here but i do want to see that change i want to see that change i want to there there essentially three phases there's like a bad um, relationship someone described it that way that that is the first phase then there's a bandit ripping phase and then there's a rebuild phase right so i i think that if the message gets diluted over like 20 30 years and there are all bunch of kind of people trying to you know make the most of bitcoin but they have lost touch with why bitcoin then maybe maybe that's not the best place so i would rather say that you know we are we are the ones who should be getting on to the rebuilding phase as soon as possible and uh, trying to help out yes we are building a lot of cool stuff uh, when it comes to self custody you know there are a lot of good stuff happening in the media space we have our own channels and we have our own media uh, communication network and the community is really really trying to understand who who everyone else is and there is a kind of a life of its own the community has a life of its own uh, but then how does it benefit the whole of the society how does it benefit the whole of humanity i think we are the ones who should be you know um guarding and being ready for the phase that's going to come next mm-hmm. and you have seen that all over see bitcoin was built as a as a life boat right it's it was built like a something like we could escape out of so yes the ship is going to sink that is what we think um do you want that to happen later on when people have forgotten why the lifeboat was there or they don't even know how to use it not really so that's that's what what i mean that if it's going to happen let it happen let it happen quickly so that we can get, get on to rebuilding it's it's again going to be a bumpy road on the way but if we can get to rebuilding i think we'll do a good job at it so that's that's why i'm bullish i I, I like that because I, I I see examples of of what you're referring to. I see examples just in my in my own circles of of this rebuilding. It's almost like building in tandem as as the as one system goes down, um, the you know the other system is being built, or or as one ship goes down, there's people on a lifeboat constructing an, a a new ship uh, to take on everybody else. Um, and and you know i see this especially um i think i think early on there was there was a push for things like merchant adoption and all, all all this stuff very early on that may have been misguided in the way it was executed and and the reasons for it being executed um where you you'd go oh we got to get all of these companies to accept bitcoin we don't care why they accept bitcoin and and often it was they accepted bitcoin as payment because it was a marketing shtick and they thought well we'll do this we'll look like this 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to look like we're uh, on the on the bleeding edge of everything. We don't really care about this. We're just dumping it for dollars, but we'll do it. It's different now from what I'm seeing, um, because what I'm seeing is people not just interested in those accepting Bitcoin, but they're interested in a circular economy where somebody's accepting Bitcoin and then they're also kind of living on that Bitcoin. And, and so I see things like the beef initiative where, you know, you're, you're getting into this sustainable farming idea, low time preference farming idea, and people are meeting their local ranchers and inevitably, uh, and I won't go into the details of, you know, like why uh, the food industry is, is, you know, not great to the farmers and, and why some of this makes sense. But Bitcoin naturally kind of has an inroads there. And a lot of the the cattle farmers are learning about it and learning to accept Bitcoin in a lot of instances. And I've gone forth and met a, a rancher in southern Alberta that accepts Bitcoin. And I just learned of another one today uh, to the north of me that also is accepting Bitcoin. I found people for sourcing local eggs and poultry and all of this different stuff. If I'm not mistaken, I just found out that a barber near me uh, now accepts Bitcoin. Now, whether or not I trust him with this hair, this is not, <laughs> we'll find out, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's all this push to, you know, like, again, these ground up uh, Bitcoin Lake, uh, Bitcoin Beach, um, Bitcoin Jungle in Costa Rica, um, you know, kind of what's... There is some top top down stuff, but I'm more interested in the ground up people mm -hmm. building their own communities with like values and and forming even if you can't do it quite locally, but having people where you can get what you need with Bitcoin and you know the person is accepting Bitcoin because they value it. And that changes the dynamic because before it's like, let's get some company that's selling trinkety shit or, or, you know, fiat minded kind of stuff. Uh, but they're a big name. So uh, it'll look good. And we don't care what they do with the Bitcoin. Now it's, if somebody values Bitcoin and they're creating a good, they, they want you to value what they're creating. Uh, they're incentivized to do a good job because, uh, and, and this is something that, um, uh, there's a guy named Madex. Uh, he's an artist, uh, but he he um, his Twitter handle is Spacebull, and he was on a show recently. He was talking about um, Bitcoin creators and and uh, people that are whether it be art or something else, um, people that are accepting Bitcoin. He said, you know, yes, you're going to run into people that are creating stuff that is, you know, some of the stuff will be crappy, but the difference is. In a, in a Bitcoin circular economy is the people that are building and creating things with a fiat mentality will not maintain their customers beyond the first sale because your money is actually worth something now. And you start thinking about whether or not you actually want to spend it on something versus the spend it now fiat mentality that we've all had ingrained in us. And so, again, seeing that begin to play out in a world where people are building these communities and 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 holding certain values that allow people to actually plan for the future and build for the future i, th I think it's a beautiful thing so th that's kind of my two cents on, on your topic i'll let uh 
I'll let uh, Nolan and Nick jump in. Yeah, and the culture thing is really important. You know, it, it, it's actually related to what you were talking about, uh, Nick, because, right, the one of the symptoms of the fiat system, and, and this is not the fiat system, I don't mean to pick on the fiat system in this case. It's true of any economic system, the best and brightest will go to where they can make the most money. It's just normal and natural, right? Yeah, of course, the best and brightest go to where you make the most money. Um, and that's the perverted thing that the fiat system has led us to, is that the best and brightest went to nothing jobs. They went to financial engineering. They went to all the dumbest things you can imagine. They went to being prestigious about not managing inflation risk and all these other things. And when you say that the people in our culture are the ones that have to help make this culture and perpetuate a new world, indeed. Um, but we're already kind of doing it, you know, like, like a guy like Ben, right? You know you're in a golden age when the um, best and brightest are educators, and that's what they do, that educators are like celebrities now, right? And they are. Like, look, look out in our culture, look in Bitcoin, the, the so-called celebrities are people who just give their time for free and share information for free and of course are able to make a career out of it no one's saying you're supposed to sit here and suffer everyone it's a it's a plus plus game right um but the idea that the best and brightest are now doing things and and i think that's the world bitcoiners want to see they want to see the best and brightest just be farmers again like what's wrong with being a farmer <laughs> like why can't farmers make all the money why do they why does why does the guy who trades the industrial farm stock, which gives no value to anybody. Why is he the rich guy, right? Why, why doesn't the landowner, and it used to be that way, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, when he was president, before he was, he had a million careers, but before he was president, uh, he was a cattle rancher, right? Cattle ranching was like a major way to make a fortune in America for a long time. And it, it really isn't anymore. And, and that's what we want to see change. We want to bring about change where the person who makes the best chair gets paid for it and we like the chair and it's great and it's not some fashion thing and it's not some uh, ironic critique on sitting right like <laughs> you know like we don't want that we don't want that anymore we sitting is racist yeah, yeah. Sitting is racist, right? so, did you see the chair that was constructed for the <laughs> the dude that like prevents man spreading so it's, oh, <laughs> it's so oh, bad God. it had like two wooden planks oh, that come up on either side of your legs and go inwards like a v forcing you to basically like <laughs> crush your junk together yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so imagine good. purchasing that chair <laughs> oh god all chairs are sexist then if they don't uh, if they don't have that feature yeah yeah and then and it's funny because the 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 person who created the this man's chair the woman's chair was the opposite i'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, so good times. Uh, Mick, do you do you want to tag in here a little bit? On yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, great, 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 great comments. I don't know if I have much more to add. I think, uh, and very interesting, the comments that Nolan pointed out that, you know, people, the rich, the, 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 the rich, the, the smart people uh, go to where they make most money, right? And maybe this is where the inversion is happening because this fiat money is 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 losing so much value and bitcoin is is constantly harnessing and, and preserving and increasing this value its value that i think 
we're already seeing it now, but Absolutely. in the next cycle, again, you'll see that again, people flocking into Bitcoin, the and, smart people flocking into Bitcoin. And that's why I mentioned about these human capital migrations that you saw. Like once you see a few of these really talented people abandon their fiat version of their industry to go into the Bitcoin version of the industry, it's predictive of where things are headed. Whether you like it or not, it does, it's not. we're not here to decide about ordinals or any of that stuff, right? right? right. All I knew was I saw creative people who were getting interested in Pepe's, leaving their jobs, making money, slinging Pepe's, trading them around. And I said, that's a thing, that's it's real. <laughs> like if you're gonna give up your job and go and do this, it's now real. I have to take it seriously. And I think people, people follow people, right? So if you have people and people's stories, that's that's really going to be uh, you know a, a key thing. See, one of the first things I was like uh, really um, when I got in, the first impression and the still the most important impression I got from people who are not into Bitcoin was that when I went out to talk about Bitcoin for the first time ever, I think 2016, and people uh, listening were like, okay, so you guys are real. It's not like some uh, some bot sitting or uh, some bot somewhere or some guy sitting in the basement and running stuff. You guys are actually real. You're actually actually building on it. You actually understand Bitcoin. That's amazing. So yes, people. I just wanted to interject and say that the people aspect of it is as important as, as the tools we are building. Absolutely. Yeah. It's. Uh... I don't know. Yeah. I. I think. Um, again, to tag on to. Nolan's pointing around the and, and what Mick tagged on to about, you know, smarter people um, reallocating kind of their time. Um, I, I think people are realizing that if they were smart and they were able to make money in, in fiat land, and then they realize again that it's, it's all a joke and that, you know, their, their fiat is melting. Um, I think it's a conscious decision to perhaps leave your fiat job and make less fiat dollars, but establish yourself in a realm where the money that you are exposed to and that you will be making is, is actually accruing purchasing power in the long run and, and, and will remain. Um, so it, it, I mean, I've, I've heard of many people, jumping from and i'm not talking like legacy banking to to crypto because they're they're you know because crypto is effectively fiat on steroids right you know fiat a small group of people can print money crypto everyone can print money which and which you know <laughs> includes its expedited rate of uh, uh banking failures and so on and so forth because it's all centralized anyways but i digress people aren't jumping from they are some in some instances but the smart people are jumping from legacy financial to bitcoin and and bitcoin specifically and they're focusing there often at a large pay cut because they see where things are headed i think um and it takes some foresight to do that and it and it takes some you know uh, being able to sit through those years where, yeah, you're going to, you're not going to have as large of a paycheck, but you know what is being established and you know, the value that's being created and you know, the change that it will spur. 
And I think that's 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 a fantastic thing to see. So I think an interesting example of that is just looking at the type of personalities that were existing in Bitcoin for the last I don't know, eight years. I don't know when I got into Bitcoin in 2016 ish time, you had, you know, John McAfee, you know, like you had like the pirates, right? And and now you have the Natalie Brunels that are like orange pilling Fox, CNN, etc. It's just like it, it, yeah, exactly as you guys say. It's just the, the, the quality, uh, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the scales, um, the, the type of people. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just getting all this incredibly high profile people, you know, Michael Saylor. Uh, yeah. It's a, a specialization in, in all realms, including messaging, right? And, and I, I see it in real time because. I get, you know, I get people booking me for one-on-one -on -one sessions. Okay. I want to learn about how to do something. And I got to tell you the amount of times this year, like just since January or maybe jump back to like the panic of November when people realize it's time to not hold coins in custody, but like the, the quality of people that I've had booking for, for sessions um, and their their the speed of their learning curve has been astounding in particular since you know 2020 and beyond um and i think that's a testament to the quality of uh and, and the precision of people's thoughts and the way that they can convey them now you know you mentioned natalie brunel she can jump on a two-minute segment and and crush the exact topic that she wants to get out, despite whether it's good questions or shitty questions, right? If she gets cornered with some awful questions, she will segue exactly where she wants to go and make sure that her sound bites that she wants to get out there are there. And, you know, it shows because she specialized that in that before she was a, a, in the news industry and she knew what it took to get that particular soundbite in those two minutes you know sailor does it too he hits he hits a new show and he doesn't let himself be cornered by shit questions jack maller is another great example yeah. um he can charm charm the pants off just about anybody that he gets in a room with um but you know the, you have these fantastic examples and then you have the quality of writing that you're getting out of people and the books that are coming out and so i get people coming to me saying oh i started in bitcoin about a year and a half ago uh, and as this was my reason for being bullish last week, I, you know, a, a dude that I booked uh, comes in. Yeah, I started in Bitcoin about a year and a half ago, something like that. Uh, you know, I started Bitcoin and then I bought a bag of shit coins. And then within six weeks, I had done enough reading that I, I ditched all of my shit coins and understood that Bitcoin was the only thing that made sense. Uh, six weeks. That's insane. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I, I had another guy like just the next day that booked for a session and he was in the space for a couple of years and he's asking me about like multi-sig he's asking me uh, you know actually like walking through his multi-sig setup um like making sure that things were correct but also asking about like derivation paths and, and i was like how how long did you say you're in bitcoin for he's asking about like how derivation paths uh, affect the xpub that would be part of his multi-sig i was like holy shit so <laughs> People are learning. People are learning very quickly. The ones that care to learn have a plethora of information mm. at their fingertips, and they're using it. They are honing in on that signal, and they're using it, and they're they're leveling up like I've never seen before. And that's that's fantastic. So, um, 
I, I, I it, unless anybody has any last thoughts on that. But but I think it um, it is important to mention here that it is uh, thanks to people like you that such a such a wide uh, you know um, array of information is available. There's a there is a medium where someone can actually you know DM you and just get help out of. That's like twenty four seven helpline uh, where. Uh, where if someone wants to doesn't commit suicide in the fiat world, what do they do? They just you know find out a good bitcoiner and bitcoiners are bitcoiners are ready to jump in and help. So that's that's just amazing. That just like uh, raises my hopes and expectations and wants me to do more every single day. It's all because of you know people like uh, yourselves in the community. Yeah. So that's, there's, that's there's, just I, there's a degree of. Um... I mean, Bitcoiners are so keen to discuss this type of stuff, right? And I think that's why, like, there's there's like this mission of 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 helping people learn and and helping Bitcoin proliferate. So when somebody's curious, Bitcoiners are so keen to jump in and help that person, whatever they want to learn. That again, it's it's this era of of free education like we've never seen before, and anybody can learn anything very simply and with high quality too and it, yeah that's it's incredible the p2p network isn't just a payments network yes it's also an education network it's 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 friends it's advice it's feedback it's all these things yeah 100 percent. so gentlemen i think i'm gonna round out this topic and we'll do one more rotation again people in uh the uh in the comments keep them coming i'm gonna start pulling more up uh, but for a final rotation, Nolan, I'm going to jump to you. I'll cue you up with the same simple question. Why are you bullish? Well, um, it's the contrast, right? The U.S. or the us banking system um, has been exposed. And it's not just the financial piece, right? The idea of, and, and it's what my show is about. It's about a psychological engine, right? That, that in order to perpetuate Ford, you need to have commercial relationships that happen they have to be able to form and they have to be motivated by what's behind this machine right so before entropy set into the fiat system it worked kind of fine right if you read the fiat standard i appreciated that Seyfedian gave credit to the system when he stopped and learned about it and he said yeah it was it was definitely an innovation in its time right it, and, and it was an experiment it's still an experimental system right of course entropy set in it went a little differently um, but the idea of contrast, and then take a look at this, right? So a lot happened this week, but, but just look at these, look at these stories in a row. And I think you'll see where we're headed. So I saw Mark Andreessen had shared a tweet about a train line that was canceled between, uh, LaGuardia airport and Manhattan. Now, if anyone in the world didn't know, Americans have no transit connections between airports and cities. I mean, give me a break. Like, there's nothing like that, right? Get a cab and shut the fuck up. Pardon me if I swore on your show. I don't mean to. You can say whatever the fuck you want, man. Yeah. It's all good. So, right. <laughs> um, so uh, despite the money that was given to it, despite it being approved years ago, um, the story was, this is why they denied it. Um, the review was supposed to take four years. They got it done in two, which meant to the person who, whoever's in charge of this thing said, oh, you must not have done it right, right? So uh, that's just one case. Atlanta had passed a tax for um, municipal transit. Uh, they've raised almost three billion U.S. dollars to build transit. 
they had to kick the can down the road again. They can't figure it out. It's been seven years since the vote was made and they still don't have anything to show for it, right? So um, when we talk about psychological engines, the perpetuation of commercial relationships being what our economy is all about, look at what we've got in America. The trains don't work. The infrastructure is falling apart. You can't get customer service. If you tried to buy something in a store lately, it doesn't work. You can't do it. You can't give them money for a thing. You can say, do you have a thing? And they'll say, yeah, we have a thing. And you say, well, I have money. Can I buy the thing? No, nah, new payment system, no one's staffed. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to sell it to you. It doesn't work. So here's the contrast right now. And, and this is big. This is huge. All the stuff that happened this week, some people might have forgotten this, might not have seen it, might have missed it. It's probably the biggest thing that's happened in the world in like five years. El Salvador, of all places, El Salvador is committing to building a thorium-based Gen 4 nuclear reactor. Now, if you don't know what this means, what it means is they've solved the engineering problem of nuclear meltdowns. They've solved the engineering problem of how to build nuclear reactors in a safe site, ship them to a location in a contained unit so they can actually factor, factory make these things, right? And there's going to be Bitcoin involved. Now, I don't know the extent of the Bitcoin involved, but here's what's going to happen. So I talked a lot on the show about migration of human capital and all of these things. and People coming. Well, the people coming to Bitcoin now are the energy people. And the energy people are everything. Because what we're talking about here is bringing actual power to people, right? Actual power to people. And the fiat, the, the, the petrodollars stuttering, right? We hear all these rumors about a BRICS thing that's going to happen in China. They're going to be selling uh, oil for not U.S. dollars on, in Shanghai. And the Russians are there and the Saudis said they'll buy it or sell it or who knows, right? But they're just launching another shitcoin. So that's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to work, right? It's not, it's not going to happen. And now you get a whole world who has no more confidence in the United States either. And importantly, no more confidence in the benchmark of the cost of energy, which is U.S. dollars now. You, everything's measured in U.S. dollars. It's like the metric system, right? The metric system is works because everything is based on water. The, prop, the actual physical properties of water are how we derive the entire metric system. It all comes from water, right? It mm -hmm. boils at this temperature and freezes at that temperature. So they said, well, that's zero. That's 100 and extrapolate everything from there, a kilogram, a meter, a liter, it all comes from water, right? You can't just go around changing the properties of water and expect to have a measuring system. It's not going to work. But if Bitcoin is there, you actually have a measuring system. So I don't give a shit about everyone in the world today. I mean, the, the cycle of hyper-Bitcoinization and a Bitcoin center for the world and everyone holds Bitcoin and everyone has a low time preference and we're all spiritually awakened. Give that 60 years, right? Give that 50, 60 years. In my book, we get there in the Satoshi Wedding Murders. We're there. It's great. Um, but in the short term, you can have clear and present hyper-Bitcoinization within a year to four years. Within one to four years, if energy is referenced in Bitcoin. And how does that happen? Well, we actually own the energy systems, right? If Bitcoin becomes the financing mechanism to build a decentralized electrical grid, and we have a reference rate for energy... Guess who's got to play on our terms? Everybody who wants energy. And that's everyone in the world, right? They're not going with the Chinese, Russian shitcoin. It's not going to happen. No one is going to buy it, right? They want the oil. They don't want the shitcoin, 
right? And with the US dollar, it's going to go further and further and further into this world of the US dollar being a political dollar. It's going to be food stamps, more or less. It's going to be, here's some political money, don't die on the street. Here's some political money, go get an operation. Here's some political money, go get educated, right? I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of um, um, UBI for education. I have no problem with that. <clears throat> but what's going to happen when Bitcoiners start owning energy systems? You see Texas having these incentives. And I'm not talking about gas flare mining the shit on the side. That's not what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about owning the energy systems. Because we have one, you, you talk about circular economies. I agree, but we have one hole in that circular economy. We have electrical bills. We pay these bloodsuckers and we don't need to anymore. Financing a nuclear reactor for three or four billion dollars is not a problem. It's not a problem anymore. We figured out how to finance other stupid shit for that much money, right? Mm -hmm. We could finance this. So um, once we figure out, and it looks like El Salvador is going to be the place. It looks like it's going to be the place. So... America cannot build a train line. It can't build subways. It can't build anything. It's not going to build a thorium reactor. Even though they did have a nuclear reactor come online the other day in Pennsylvania, it is not one of these new generation uh, reactors. It's not one of these portable reactors that can be built on in a factory, delivered to site, none of those things. So uh, there is one that's been approved in America. It's got a blanket approval made by uh, Toshiba, I think, or Hitachi or a Japanese company. The Japanese have said to the Americans, get bent. We're going to go, we're going fully into the nuclear power. The French have told the Americans to get bent. They're going fully into the nuclear power. Rolls-Royce in England have to go full into it. Rolls-Royce is building their small modular nuclear reactors. Germany, who cares? They listen to Greta. It ain't working. <laughs> don't make energy policy on the happiness of a teenage girl. It's not a good idea. Yeah, she might still be unhappy after, even if you do everything right. It might not. Seems out. like it, maybe. Yeah. So, so we get uh, these important breakthroughs, and what they have to do is Bitcoin fusing itself with the energy industry. Um, and it, it is truly the, the 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 apple of our eye as far as industries go. Wall Street was once thing we we are we already got that one. The art we're going to get all that too, um, but we're moving straight into the most important one, the one that will actually define the future. Because the score in World War Three is actually energy. That's how you score points <laughs> in World War Three. We can talk about all this fiat point, you know, psyops, this and that. There are real points on the board, and those points our energy and we're going to own these energy systems and once we own these energy systems i don't mean i will own an energy system but collectively in the bitcoin economy within the circular economy that we're creating we're going to own energy systems and those energy systems are going to be put to use as we haven't even imagined before so um you can start to see the changing of the guard you can start to see the structures and the psychological engine of the old system sputter fail it, it, subways man I saw a thing the other day where it, they built a portable toilet in New York City, and it, one portable toilet cost half a million dollars. Mm. That's corruption. That's what it looks like, right? A portable toilet for a half a million dollars. <laughs> we can't do anything if that's the case. It wasn't a bunch of it like the red tape. It was like, well, the zoning yes, and the. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. So there, was a guy, there was a guy in Toronto too. They said, oh, the staircase is going to be $600,000. He built it himself for like twenty. 
Yeah. And they destroyed it. They destroyed it. Yeah, they came it. in, they came yeah. in, knocked it. Yeah, and when you no say way. 20, like 20, 20 bucks, <laughs> like it was 20,000. There's some lumber and shit, you know. Well, no, he, he, no, it was way. Oh, no, you're right. That. Yeah, it was not 20. You're right. It was like, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah it was like yeah, a few yeah, hundred yeah. bucks. He, he went no, and bought yeah, the lumber, yeah, yeah. measured it out. He's like a contractor his whole life. He's like, there's, there's old people slipping on this. So I'm going to build a little stair. So he like yeah. got the lumber, like made it. And then for 600 bucks, like, which was supposed to cost however much, like a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever. And yeah, the city came and they're like, well, this clearly won't do. This didn't cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they like destroyed it and, and had to go through the city again and like go through all the red tape of, of setting it up. And the guy was like, I don't, you, you guys haven't done this for years. The cost was going to be astronomical. I did it very well. And you still tore it down. Like these are these are the the the, the fiat system working working hard for you. And, right? and, and I don't want to put too much uh, credit in El Salvador. Love Bukele. Got no problems with what he's doing. He brainwashed a bunch of M16 or MS13 criminals. People are losing their minds, crying about it. Oh my goodness. Uh, maybe I, I don't have time to think about it. It doesn't bother me. I saw them brainwashed, better than torture, I guess. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, I, it's not pretty, but it's better than what was going on. And the solution looks pretty simple and I'm here for it. So mm-hmm. I don't want to put too much uh, and also hope on this only being an El Salvador thing. You get Iceland who also understands it. You get uh, Japan who is going to have to understand it. I believe, I still believe that the name Satoshi Nakamoto um, was chosen specifically to have at once the authority to say to America, you're now Japan in the 1990s, you are here. Mm -hmm. And also to say, well, you know, if it's no longer the American political dollar running the system, that opens the door to China. It's unacceptable, right? We can't have a super political dollar running the global system as the global reserve currency. So there's this middle ground and who's going to experience it first? It has to be Japan, right? Mm -hmm. Japan played the fiat Ponzi perfectly <laughs> right to the last minute right they're they're playing those cards you got to give them credit here they've they've masterfully adapted their only hope now to maintain their standard of living and their preeminent civilization i, I believe it to be the most civilized and, and wonderful place for people i've lived there for years and i'm a big fan and my wife's half japanese and kids all have quarter you know japanese middle names and all this kind of stuff i was a lawyer there i was a, here's an f- amazing story I was a lawyer there when Satoshi wrote the paper, right? During, I was there, I was a lawyer there, October 31st, 2008. And here's an amazing story. I was going back, it was 2018, and I was going to Japan because Scaling Bitcoin, the show, was going to be in Tokyo. And uh, so I flew in with my family. We landed in Osaka. I have family in Osaka. It's a little far from the airport. So I said, uh, we're going to just take a hotel here tonight. Okay, we got to eat. Let's walk around. No, no, no. Oh, they take Bitcoin. Let me go in there. Open the door. Um, the guy behind the counter goes, Nolan Bowerly. And I was like, what? Now, I had been doing a lot of CNN and like Natalie Brunel. I was doing Fox and what happened. The hack and Bitcoin went up and Bitcoin went down. And da, da, da. So I was like, did he, did, how does he see me from these little American things? Then my wife walked in and he remembered her. He's like, Rachel Nakura. So I was like, uh, what, what's happening? He goes, don't you remember? And I said, no. He goes, 10 years ago, Halloween night, 2008, you and I were partying and carrying on all around Osaka. And I was like, oh, shit. And I, and I said, do you know why I'm here? He, so he owned this curry restaurant, right? 
And I was like, I'm here because of what we should have been doing that night. We shouldn't have been partying and carrying on. We should not have been doing that. We should have been at our computers <laughs> receiving the cypherpunk mailing list and the white paper. And I said, I'm, I'm of all the people. And we just had a chat about it. So he took the Bitcoin, I got the curry. And of, you know, of all the restaurants I could have walked into in one of the big, I mean, it's bigger than New York City. It's a huge city, you know, there this guy was. So synchronicity at work. And uh, Japan, I think with their energy policies as well, is going to embrace this because they have, they don't have the same division that we have in America. They're going to be, you know, one of the things that I'm, one of the reasons why I call my show The Breakup and I'm so jealous of even the Chinese situation around Bitcoin is because China has a culture, never confuse their money with their culture, right? They don't give a shit. They know their central bank is screwing them and they're ready to trade. And Bitcoin is always powerful. It's never been as powerful as when average Chinese people and average American people and average Russian people get it, right? When they get it together, we can't lose. Now it sucks the Chinese have been steered away so much and oh, that's not that good, right? But Seeing it happen in Japan, seeing it happen in Korea, where they don't have this thing like our money. Oh, God. Like if they have to get rid of all their money and move to Bitcoin, they'll do it tomorrow. They will not hesitate because they have cultures. They're not like, oh, oh, my dear Federal Reserve. Oh, my hegemony is gone. Right? They don't care. I learned I lived in both Korea and Japan. And in Korea, you know, I was a young man there. I would go out, 20-something-year-old guy, you meet a girl. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm slinging Forex risk because uh, they're going to devalue my currency because they're currency manipulators. So I'm going to America next summer and I'm not playing this game. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, She's like, but don't you make Korean won? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, you're going to have less if you don't do that. And I was like, really? I never even thought of it. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> let's drink, you know, because I was still a kid, right? Yeah. I hadn't learned about the scourge of alcohol yet. So um you know they're all over this stuff that's they they've been trading for years about around this stuff and and that's why there was always a kimchi premium in korea because they they get it they've been doing this and they're not fancifully attached to a monetary instrument as if it's their culture now the british are stupid about it uh the europeans are the dumbest about it right their thing is not even real it was made up a couple years ago and the pictures on it are even fake they're not even pictures aren't even real they put windows and doors those are not windows and doors on the continent of europe they're just so they don't insult anyone <laughs> no, no, serious they're not real there's nothing real in the money it's, it's a complete fabrication so and they're and yet they're like oh europe's image and prestige in the world will be affected by christine lagarde and what she says right it's it's all together so stupid so um luckily the older countries like japan korea china don't care about this stuff mm -hmm. and if they have another energy system are not forced to deal with the us dollar anymore in the petrodollar military aspects of it um are free radicals and can join our movement en masse in an instant so to me it's all about energy uh if we can control energy if we can close the circular economy loop on energy own the actual energy production and I mean, Bitcoin mines as it would, I'd be happy. I think, you know, there's um, gridless, great example in Africa of thing mm -hmm. and, and, you know, mm -hmm. of using Bitcoin as a anchor tenant to finance 
the build out of hydroelectricity. These are small, small systems, but useful. And I can see that catching on, right? Because the reason we built so much energy in the old days in America is because we had a manufacturing base. And if the Ford Motor Company said to um, the governor of Michigan, let's get together and build a, a new electrical plant, I'll buy all the energy all the time because I'm running a car factory. And whoever else lives around us, I have enough left over to make sure the refrigerators run all the time and their heating runs all the time. It will be great. And we can't do that anymore without, you know, it's just it's just municipal governments now. Like how many uh, mouths do we have to feed? How much energy do they need? Can we finance the energy? Well, that's not going to work. We can't build subways. We can't build trains. We're not building any nuclear at scale if the buyers are municipal governments, state governments, and federal governments. If it's... Bitcoin miners, we're going to build all the reactors we'll ever need in the country. Have a nuclear boom in America, the good kind of nuclear boom, not the bad, not the bad. Yeah, not the bad it, nuclear boom. The boom. It, do you do you think? So I mean, if if things were to go well in in El Salvador, what do you think that turnaround looks like compared to where they were to where they could be in a decade? Like, let's say. You know, obviously there's love or hate the way that uh, the gang situation is, is being handled. But let's let's kind of look just from a, a perspective of if they continue on the general trajectory that they're on in terms of, OK, we're going to continue adopting Bitcoin. We're going to continue adding it to our treasury. We're going to continue focusing on energy like having a thorium reactor and clearly you know, having Bitcoin miners as as like a, a, an energy buyer of last resort and monetizing geothermal and all that kind of stuff. Where where do you see them 10 years from now where where they're a nation basically flipping off the IMF and the BIS and, and saying, yeah, we, we don't need your debt anymore. And we're going to try and be self-sufficient this way. Issuing travel warnings to American cities. For yeah. Cities. <laughs> um, for the violence. Well, I mean, we're not far. Look, look at look what we have already. Bukele was the only world leader to say around COVID, eat healthy, get exercise. Mm. Newsflash, that was the answer. <laughs> that was always the answer, right? The, the answer to COVID was always. Now, people who had comorbidities, old people, the message there was, we'll help you stay home all you want. We'll get whatever you need. Yeah. Don't make me wear a mask and get needles. Um, I'm really willing to take the risk myself. I'll deal with it. Right. Um, and he was the only one who said that out loud. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I think this title of leader of the free world based on everything that's happened in America is up for grabs. Now the true leader of the free world is Satoshi Nakamoto. We all know that, but in the corporal world that we have with institutions that we recognize and still this transition period of fiat to Bitcoin standard, um, you're going to have this layover time or this crossover time. And I think he will earn that title. I think he's going to be recognized as the leader of the free world <laughs> and that the country itself is going to finally produce healthy individuals um, who understand the most important topic from which you can build a life, financial literacy, which is a simple topic. It's actually not as complicated as anyone ever said, right? It's, it's pretty simple. Have more than you spend. Mm -hmm. it, should, it should never have been more complicated than that, right? Uh, and and so 
you're going to get a population that is financially literate, that is energy literate, two things that Bitcoiners already are. So we're we're definitely helping them in, in our whole community get these shortcuts. So they'll be the most financially literate, the most energy literate, the most uh, understanding of physical health because they're not being psyoped by corrupted institutions and and um, yeah, and just bad incentive models and you know mm-hmm. people who rather feed you garbage. So um, I think the title, the psychological title, leader of the free world, is up for grabs. I think he can take it. Um, he might walk. I mean, all might fail spectacularly. Who knows? Uh, I think other places can uh, also um, go in that direction, though. So for right now, you know, we haven't seen as many psyops down there as are being projected by the American system in other countries. Uh, it seems like the PSYOP machine is focused inward right now in America. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, America exported color revolutions for years. And the formula for a cover, color revolution is simply run an election that no one has confidence in and then f- fund one side to appear to have a moral high ground, which yeah. is democracy, right? Democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, I think, look, we're, democracy is not our answer. That's one of the big myths that came out of World War II, right? That freedom comes from democracy, that you have to defend democracy to defend freedom. They're not the same. Freedom comes from living free. Um, and you don't really need to attach yourself to a system to have those rights. That's where the jurisdictional arbitrage of Bitcoiners is, is another one of those. It doesn't look like a, like a thing, right? Like, it's not as concrete as Noster or Ordinals or Lightning or Energy, but it's still a thing Bitcoiners do. And it allows them to see the world beyond the limitations of a nation state. And I think El Salvador will embrace that, right? I don't think they're going to keep captive citizens. I think they're going to make the system of becoming an El Salvadorian even uh less friction right like mm-hmm. more people will be welcomed the whatever tax they have now to get the passport is going to come down yeah uh, because the volume will go up so they'll make more money but the volume down yeah um, and mm-hmm. i just I, I can see people moving all around and and it having you know the 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 idea is that i have anyway that um bitcoin and energy is the d-day of world war three we are the ones who will storm the beach win right we're gonna win and, and it'll be remembered in history that we won um, in that way. And I think the El Salvador piece is just one of these entities that saw that first, that got on the winning side, and did and mimicked the ideas, habits of the winning side early and will embody some of those winning sides. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see a future for nation states as um, uh, glorious entities. I don't think anyone is going to be lauding the state of El Salvador no. I think they're going to be lauding the individuals, some of the policies, and the infrastructure, which is going to get us there. Well, they'll, they'll be shopping, right? That that's yeah, what you'll yeah, be doing. Be shopping. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll, you'll you'll be you'll be saying, hmm, yeah, yeah. what what nation state will give me the the most yeah. bang for my buck? It'll yeah. it won't be you live here, you're my subjects, and these are the rules that you have to live by. It will be. It, it, it's almost like nation states will will have to come up with their own their marketing plan and and how they want to present their products to potential uh, potential citizens so that they can you know they'll say for okay we have this is how we we set our, our tax system 
this is what you get in exchange for your sats. Um, and, and so, you know, this, this is kind of the, the rule of law here. This is how we set things out. If you like it, fantastic. Come here. We would love to have you. If yeah. not, you know, then you go down your shopping list. And what are the qualities I would like from a place that I would like to live? I'm looking for the following thing. I could see websites, I imagine, in the future where people <laughs> like you have little tick boxes. What are what's important to you? And you tick off the boxes. Oh, the following jurisdictions may be right for you. Here's here's what the tax systems look like in those places. I, I could see something like that happen. It's going to take some time, perhaps. That would be a well, utopian. I've I've sounded pretty like bearish on America during this, you know, two hours we've all been together. Um, I'm not. I'm actually super bullish on America. Um, it just has a few different learning curves to go through, like this money thing that I just mentioned and patriotism being too fused with it. But ultimately, I think with what's you know, remember, El Salvador has two embassies currently, two Bitcoin embassies, Switzerland and Texas. America through the genius of the federal uh, contract does have jurisdictional arbitrage within its own borders. And it does exploit those currently. Like when people have been recently saying, oh, national divorce in America, why? That's why we have different states. Just go to a different state. You don't have to have a divorce. You literally live in the biggest mansion on earth if you want to talk about cohabitation of families. You don't need a divorce. Go to the other wing of your you know, 20,000 square foot mansion and just don't talk. You can do that in America. The country's big enough. I imagine a renegotiation of the deal between, because Wa Washington DC is a fiction, right? It was created to win World War II. The idea of it was created to win World War II. It existed in, in reality before that, but the analogy I use is we basically kept the machines that won World War II running. We never shut anything off. We never shut off the aircraft carriers. We never shut off the bureaucracy. We just kept the whole machine humming just in case, right? Just in case, right? Now, and that's a whole other story. We were supposed, you know, Edward Bernays, I don't know if you guys know who he is. Um, he's the guy who wrote the book Propaganda. He was Sigmund Freud's nephew, and he invented the habit of smoking for women in America. Um, he literally invented it. Uh, it was, he understood psychologically that women wouldn't smoke because they looked licentious. So what he did was he hired a bunch of models for the July 4th parade in New York City down Fifth Avenue and told the New York Times there will be women, women lighting lamps of liberty at whatever time. Bring your cameras, right? So they show up with their cameras and they're like all these beautiful women, right? Whoa, they went crazy and overnight women became smokers because suddenly it meant freedom, right? Suddenly it meant freedom. Yeah. Sigmund Freud's actual nephew, right? For real. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> now they all vape. <laughs> um, uh, he was the guy who invented the the marketing of nine and ten doctors, whatever. Just nine and ten doctors like that. Yeah. That's him. Right? Wow. Um, yeah. And he made a deal. More, not a deal. When Eisenhower was president, the deal was, uh, and this is why Eisenhower warned about the industrial military industrial complex. He was supposed to demilitarize, but keep us as consumers in order to remilitarize if we needed, because the point was to keep the manufacturing base going so that if you needed to pivot, you could. And Edward Bernays was down with this. So he said, yeah, let's make them into consumers. Let's do it. Let's pump it, right? Let's go. Um, and that's where all this stuff in that, particularly with the American mother, you know, the washing machine, this, that, you'll be free, you'll be this, you'll be that, and da, 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 da. So um, that's how the federal government. Now we got the worst of both worlds because it didn't work out the way Bernays and 
Freud, uh, sorry, uh, Eisenhower had intended. The way they intended was, you know, manufacturing and military. We got the worst. We stayed militaristic and got rid of the manufacturing. We stayed consumers and didn't actually make anything. So yeah. it was a disaster all around, right? Um, but the point is, um, that whole construct of DC, of Washington, of the federal government, can actually be turned off by the states, and they will turn it off. They're going. They can't. They can't keep running. It's too expensive. And and the logic of violence comes into play here. We will see. I've made this prediction on my show from the very beginning. I made this prediction on my show before the Russian invasion of Ukraine by saying tanks are done. Forget them. There no. There's no such thing anymore. Just forget them. Right? They don't work. And of course, we've seen them get destroyed. You're going to see an aircraft carrier sink into the sea in the next couple of years with all the beautiful billion dollar F-35s on the deck and it'll just sink. It's just going to, because it'll be swarmed by drones that cost $25 a piece and they're going to sink the bugger, right? It's going down and, and you're going to watch it and you're going to go, oh my God. And you're going to say these things don't work anymore. So in the end, what's going to happen is the actual states will renegotiate how they interact at the federal level. And I believe because we can't really deal with China and everybody else, they're going to more or less remake the manufacturing base China between China and El Salvador, mm -hmm. at once solving America's immigration problem, at once solving many problems for America um, at the same time. And all of these other countries, you'll have a true Monroe-type doctrine where the whole continent, your state of Alberta is going to join this new deal, by the way. Canada ain't going to make it. Right. Oh, I, I can imagine Whatever yeah. deal they offer to be part of the union. And it's not going to be exactly as we recognize America. It will be different. But mm -hmm. they're going to get their land bridge to Alaska. They're going to get Mexico. They're going to get everything down. And it's not going to be be like us anymore. It'll be another version of American imperialism like we saw in Japan and Korea um, much. And this time without the money. Right, this time without the military presence. It's going to be about trade. It's going to be about bilateralism. And eventually, you're going to be able to take a peaceful camping trip in an electric type of tricycle or golf cart all the way from Alaska, peacefully all the way to Tierra del Fuego in Argentina. And you'll be met with peace and happiness and smiles the whole way. And El Salvador will be seen as one of the reasons it's even possible. Right? And, and we'll tell stories about the terrible times when everyone had violence on their mind and robbery on their mind and all these other awful things. So well, that sounds fantastic to me. I, I feel like that's something I would, I wouldn't mind road tripping directly from my home all the way down to South America with, with no troubles and, and not having to deal with a load of, load of bullshit on the way. But, uh, I, I shall cross my fingers. What I, I want to do something. Um, I'm going to start rounding out quick, but I want to get thoughts from uh, Anant and then uh, Mick, and then we'll do a round of final thoughts really quick before we start wrapping. So Anant, um, I'm going to let you tag in anything that you had thoughts in and around. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was it was wonderful listening to Nolan and uh, the way he's describing where the world is going. But what I want to hone in on is the the energy part again. So. So what? Uh, so there's always a confusion between what is digital and what is imaginary, right? Uh, everything digital is not imaginary, and Bitcoin, for for all we know, is the most real thing there is, right? And what makes it real, though it being digital, is the energy component, is the tethering of the digital realm it lives in with the real world, physical real world we live in. That is energy. 
so actually having some control over energy having some say in energy having you know owning energy the the production of energy not just like the utilization of energy is actually a very very big deal uh, it's not something that is obvious it's not something that is intuitive but that is the tether that is what really makes the difference and if we get that uh, um even you know partially in under control of bitcoiners it's going to be a big thing so so absolutely uh, absolutely an important uh, point awesome i'll i'll toss it up to mick as well do you want to tag in anything on on this topic yeah just 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 uh yeah i think i, I agree about that when it comes to the um, the challenges i mean if you think about el salvador kind of running circles around the united states now with the story of reactor that i didn't know about but also the other news right that i don't know if it's if it's it's not applied yet but biden wants to have a 30 percent tax on bitcoin miners on bitcoin uh, so it's like you're you're not only competing and doing a horrible job you're also literally kicking people out so yeah it's uh it's uh it is what it is, but yeah, agreed. I mean, energy is so so critical, and there's so much misunderstanding. So hopefully, some of these movies like Thirty Coin will will help out push uh, the message. Um, but yeah, I you know I think uh, yeah I, I think I think it's gonna be you know just it's gonna be they're gonna use every tool they have to to keep denigrating the idea of um, Bitcoin, right? Really, Bitcoin as powerful. Uh, tools weapon that 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 goes against uh, whatever the state stands for today and they will use the ESG right and they will use a wasteful uh, card um, and you know until they understand that that, that the, the value position of Bitcoin as a whole so yeah it'll it'll be challenging but we have to keep uh, keep going yeah yeah I agree um, you know what as, as we've alluded to the entire show, it's not, it's not going to be a, a smooth ride getting there. But, um, but I think, as we've all seen, um, you know, Clown World is, is in self-destruct mode. Like, they're not doing themselves any favors. Um, and, you know, I, in terms of, like, the Biden 30% thing... Um, it's it's nice to at at the same time see individual states enacting things that encourage miners to come there and understanding the benefit that bringing miners to your state can provide in grid stabilization and mm -hmm. just again revenue everything like that um and i think i think more and more people will see that hopefully biden doesn't go and stamp that out by blanket federally saying, oh, here's how it's going to go if you're in the United States. Uh, I, I think you'd see a lot of pushback from that on a state level. Um, and I'm and I'm bullish also on seeing the uh, similar sentiments in and around that kind of stuff here in my home province of Alberta. I see I see people in the uh, in, in the comments. Alberta is calling, uh, <laughs> you know, Steve Barber is here. Uh, from upstream data so he uh, you know he's rolling out all kinds of stuff here um, so yeah it's great to see kind of what's what's happening in and around that stuff by the way if you're in Canada and you're not super satisfied with where you're at maybe check out Alberta come to Calgary he'll come come to the Bitcoin only meetup uh, I think that would be a lot of fun but nonetheless yeah we're, we're gonna see how this plays out now that there's there's a, an accurate measuring stick for value provided to humanity and we're going to see 
um, who actually is providing value for society over time. And as it proliferates more, it will become more and more uh, pronounced as to what makes economic sense and what does not. Because right now it's such a clusterfuck. Nobody knows up from down, right from left, west from east. Nobody has any clue how to measure anything. Um, and it shows. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we will see how it, how it pans out. So, gentlemen, um, I'm going to have to start rounding out here. But really quick, uh, we'll just go down the line. Any final thoughts that you may have? Um, and also, if you have like a recommendation of, of something you think people should check out, whether that be like a book, a video, a website, a, a, an app, a, anything that you think might be useful for people, feel free to toss that in as well. In terms of my final thoughts, again, I, I, we're seeing the cracks. Or, or rather, we've been seeing the cracks for a long time, but it's refreshing to see other people go, huh, that doesn't quite make sense. It seems like something's odd there because that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity to discuss. And you don't even have to necessarily go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole right away. But when people start noticing that stuff, you can you can start basically the discussions around money that you began to learn as you got into Bitcoin, the rabbit holes that it led you down, you can start with those discussions and then eventually get to Bitcoin. You don't have to go there right away. Single step is is all you need when you get started on your journey. So, um, and in terms of any recommendations I might have, uh, just because I was talking to, to him today, I'm going to recommend uh, Eric Yakes wrote an excellent book. It's called The Seventh Property. Uh, it is very, very good. The seventh property, it's called Bitcoin and the Monetary Revolution. It goes a lot into depth in regards to monetary history, in regards to how the money system works today, in regards to the guts of Bitcoin and how it works, and then the kind of like the, the ethos and the theoretical and, and the improvements to society that could stem from it. Um, I would say this is... Uh, it, it's a more in-depth Bitcoin standard. Um, it is probably one of the best Bitcoin books I've read. Uh, so if you haven't read it, grab a copy. Um, it's, it's a fantastic read. So yeah, go do that. Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll toss it to Mick first. Any final thoughts, anything that you, you didn't get to say and any recommendations? I, th I think I could guess where you're going to send people, but go ahead. No, guys, it was it was an honor to be here. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, great to listen to all of you. Uh, um, I, I I think just just uh, keep building, right? Keep uh, keep going at it. Keep creating value for the for the ecosystem. Obviously, guys, there's a place that's open for anyone. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm sort of humbled to be you know to be able to contribute to this incredible uh, space. And um, yeah, I'm just. You know, let's let's bring all these different tools together. Really, I have a lot of things in my mind spinning when it comes to energy, uh, uh, which is such a critical thing. But I'll leave that for another time. Um, in terms of what we're going to take people, uh, just because this this week I read Lynn Alden's piece on the what caused the financial crisis, I really recommend giving that a, a, a read because it just really breaks down why shit is breaking down. Um, so yeah, give that a read, uh, and it'll help you get up to date with what's going on. Um, yeah, so I'll leave it to that. It's getting a bit late here, so I'll let you guys get on with it.
Awesome. Awesome. I love it, man. Uh, Anand, how about yourself? Any final thoughts, recommendations? Go ahead. Yeah, I would obviously take this time to uh, request people and shell uh, Keeper. So Keeper is in beta right now, but I, I would request you guys to go and try it out, give feedback. We have a bunch of integration with a lot of signing devices. It's all uh, open as in you can interact with uh, any signing device you want. You can carry your multisig somewhere else. We have recently even integrated uh, uh, buys into it. So you can actually buy Bitcoin directly into your cold storage. So we want uh, people to you know try these things, these features out and uh, uh, give us feedback. So so yeah, that would be that would be wonderful if you could do that. So yeah, that's that's keeper in front of you. It's a it's a multi-six secure wallet. We are working a lot on privacy. You can connect to your own node. Uh, you have Tor connection that you can enable. A lot more coming in the privacy space. You take some management and some really interesting stuff, uh, which I want to go into right now. Yeah, inheritance support right like rounds it off altogether because uh, if it is generational wealth, you want to protect it for generations not just for yourself. So that's that's essentially the product, uh, which I would, uh, you know, again, request you guys to try it out and uh, send feedback. You just shake the app and it, it uh, gives you a form to send a feedback to the developers. So that would be really nice. Um, I would also kind of just take a minute to talk about Bitcoin for India. So yes, that's, that's, a, that's a community thing I'm also involved in, like the grassroots piece. So um, that is another thing you guys should look into. Um, this is a Bitcoin-only conference that we held last year. And again, this year we'll be, we'll be holding another Bitcoin-only conference in India. So that's, that's again, our, uh, our, um, you know, our contribution to the community. So, so any help there, any recommendations, any suggestions, that would be uh, really amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So, so if it. you want to have an impact, uh, you know, Bitcoin impact, uh, and you have 1.4 billion people ready to listen, then there's no better place, right? <laughs> so yeah, look at the product, look at the community, help out, uh, spread the word. That's it. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Those websites, by the way, if you're listening, uh, BitcoinKeeper.app, uh, is that right? That's right. And then, and then the website, uh, Bitcoin, the number four, India.org. Uh, so if you want to check out either of those, you can find them. Um, awesome. And Nolan, I'll, I'll let you have the final words here. Final thoughts, recommendations. Go ahead. My So yeah, come join my show sometime, The Breakup. Uh, I wrote a poem where I adapted the greatest breakup song ever by Bob Dylan, You'll Go Your Way and I'll Go Mine to Bitcoin. Uh, I just can't do what I've done before. I just can't save USD anymore. Um, how does it go? Uh, I'm going to let bucks past. Yeah, and all stack sats. And then time will tell just who has fell and who's been left behind. When you go, when the USD goes your way, one way, and I go mine. Bitcoin. Um, and I'll recommend to anyone out there uh, the crypto couple. I don't know if you guys saw it today. Carla came up with money, 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 the ABBA song. <laughs> It's the most persuasive. I mean, I did an hour-long show this morning or three shows this week about the whole thing, and she got it all in the one. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can watch three hours of my content from mornings with some pretty good boards and some stuff, or you can watch her uh, one-minute <laughs> video. That's why she's getting so much money on so many tips on Noster, because her content is so good. So, uh, and she will be a uh, MC and have, uh, so you'll see her all day on 
uh, May 19th, the second day of the show. She and Walker, her husband, will be the uh, MCs that day. She'll also be on a panel about this whole world of uh, how royalties and content creators and how all that stuff starts mixing together and, and all that kind of stuff at Bitcoin 2023 in Miami, May 18th to 20th, the biggest Bitcoin show in the world, sponsored, hosted by Bitcoin Magazine. Everybody come. It's going to be a great time. Awesome. Well, yeah, it's I, I'm excited to get down there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I have no idea what I'm doing yet, <laughs> but uh, maybe maybe you could send me a message about that. I have no idea what. Yeah, I, I think I got you on. Um, so I, there is a, a, a bunch of sessions on education. Mm -hmm. So we've got Saifedean, who's going to be with Corey DeAngelis, who's like a big organizer for charter schools. So it's just about you know, systems and how to learn. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to set up in that morning is that actually Bitcoin meetups mm -hmm. are the greatest financial literacy education platform that's ever been created. Because my only thing about charter schools and all that is making the, the parents the client, right? That's good, but you still need parents. <laughs> you still need two really good parents. And that's great. A lot of people have that. But ultimately, if we're going to get anywhere in society, we actually need a uh, a system that puts the students for once and for all as the actual client. And of course, in our system, the government is the client. So that's the one that I'll try to appeal to. So that doesn't work. And, and I, I like the idea of this charter system. It's great. It's going to go somewhere. Um, but there's still one level left. So you got to come help deliver that point of view. So I think that's where I have you. Uh, and I think it's going to be also, you know, just sort of like, a lot of what you do in this like reading list type of stuff, mm -hmm. like here's things that taught me a lot. So I want to be able to put a few folks like you who are professional educators in the space that know about meetups and that can bring that whole meetup culture to the forefront. Because I do think that Bitcoin meetups are an innovation in education and are actually the next level of how we're going to influence the world, right? The energy stuff is like we did the Wall Street thing. We're going to keep doing that. We got the energy thing coming, but there's another thing coming next and it's education and uh and so we want to have some good content around that trying to get governor desantis uh to lead that session at the morning only because not about his bitcoin stuff he made financial literacy mandatory for high schoolers to graduate from uh florida high school so we want to highlight that as a, a great thing and and uh you know, he's got some other thoughts on Bitcoin. He's, you know, he might run for president. So we're trying to get all, we've got Vivek Ramaswamy coming to anyone who's running for president. We think come and tell us about Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've got other stuff there too, we want to hear about it. I've been after RFK Jr. Who's also running now. Uh, Ooh, it'd be great to get him orange build. Uh, so doing our best. Orange pill and presidents. Awesome. All right, yeah. gentlemen. Um, I'm going to say a huge thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It was a blast. You're all welcome back anytime. Uh, and everybody watching, make sure you go follow them. All their Twitter handles are listed in the show notes down below. So, guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Friday and a great St. Patrick's Day. Thanks, guys. Likewise. Thanks, thank everyone. you so much, guys. Bye. Had a great time, everyone. Thanks. Yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, of course, uh, we were talking about uh, the Bitcoin conference in Miami. That's coming up quick. Uh, we're less than, we're like two months out now. Um, and so that is happening. Miami Beach, Florida on May 18th through 20th. Uh, yeah, tickets go up in regular intervals in terms of price. So uh, if you haven't got tickets already, 
snag him as early as you possibly can. That will be helpful for you. Um, nonetheless, you can head to b.tc slash conference and you can use code BTC sessions for five percent or sorry, 10% off your tickets, which can be helpful. Um, if you're unsure if you're going, I'd say it's safer to grab a ticket earlier and then just resell it before the conference, which shouldn't be a problem uh, if you need to. Um, and yeah, that's that. Also, while in Miami, if you're down there early, I'm running my cold card workshop. It is on May 17th. That's a Wednesday, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. We're going deep dive into this thing. So that's going to be like very beginner stuff, getting the thing set up, doing transactions, backing up, restoring it, all that kind of stuff. But then we're also going to dive into the advanced features of it. We're going to be diving into BIP85 uh, all these different like account systems. We're going to be doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and so you'll learn not just the basics, but you'll learn about some of the advanced features that some people don't even know exist with the cold card. And there's a lot. So you will walk out of this thing being a pro star with your cold card. You can grab tickets on my website, btcsessions.ca. It's over on the right-hand side under in-person workshops and you'll find the Miami event there. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. Um, with that, thank you guys so much for being here. Like, subscribe, share, all that helps. You can hit up the previously mentioned sponsors, Hoddle Hoddle, Coin Kite, Nunchuck, Start Nine. You can grab tickets for the conference. Or if you really liked what you saw, you can drop a Bitcoin tip at my strike page. You don't need strike to use it. Just head there, type in any amount, hit the tip button. You'll see a lightning invoice. Uh, and if you choose, you can tap to the right. You'll see a regular Bitcoin QR code. With that, I'm out. Have yourselves a wonderful day or evening, wherever you may be. See you guys next time for your daily session. We have BTC sessions. Bitcoin is F your money. You can't stop it. Get yourself some Bitcoin and hold it yourself. Peer-to-peer -peer exchange. You know, people are going to organically come to it and gravitate towards it, especially in the world we're living in now. It's incredible. It's a great tool, and I can't wait to see it proliferate everywhere.